This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by you, our amazing Patreon backers. Uh, we just passed our $750 goal, which means new equipment. You won't hear it on this episode, but our sound quality is going to get better. We do the best show we can for you guys. Really appreciate your support. If you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, you can find out more, get some cool rewards, and uh, and help us out. And uh, we love you for it. My name is Gary Butterfield. And I'm Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. And this week we're talking about Nick Cave story. A very strange, dissonant, and quite frankly, downright psychosexual platformer from Australian developers Dawn and Colin Cave. Yeah. Um, in this game, you play a pixelated and I don't know how to say it, like unique looking weirdo I'd say that yeah 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 and he so you use your red right hand and you compose this series of murder ballads in a series of stages yeah yeah it's like a like a predecessor to parappa yeah so the, so the game is it's been praised for its use of drop d tuning and atonal vocals and nme uh, which I, I think stands for uh, new, new media electronic games uh, the games being silent called it one of the most enduring games to come out of australia since sim gallipoli yeah yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Uh, Gary, uh, question for you. Did we get the wrong game? Um, it, maybe. I, like, I was playing it and I thought it was real weird that there was that whole five minute cutscene about how birds can't fly and fish can't swim and he's, you know, running around with his shirt off just sweating at a party. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you're thinking of Andrew WK. Uh, when, when King was introduced, he just kind of, s- kept screeching about being the king like that's this is what yeah this game we were we supposed to play just cave story oh, not God cave? damn it oh. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about Cave Story, which is a platformer game developed and published by Studio Pixel for the PC in 2004. Mm -hmm. And many, many other times since, you know, (laughs) since then, like ported to everything, graphing calculator, Wii U, (laughs) 3DS, like everything, you know, this this game has appeared on everything. Tiger Hand Um, Electronics. Yeah, exactly. That'd be... That'd be awful. <laughs> um, the uh, and and this you know game is uh, super notable because yeah. this is it's just developed by a single guy, uh, Daisuke Ameya, um, who and his studio is under the name Studio Pixel, mm-hmm. and he just did this over the course of five years in his spare time. Like this, uh, more than anything we've done. Like when we talk about our tour projects, <laughs> like this is insane and makes me incredibly jealous. And uh, it makes me feel know, very small. Odd. 
it makes me feel very small and odd <laughs> that this guy did this. Mm-hmm. So, like, go Studio Pixel. Yeah. Like, so, like, writing a novel is an act of solitary madness, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, there, there, there are any number of solitary creative pursuits that you can go after. But this is remarkable because he did everything. When we say it's one dude, we're talking about the art, the music, the programming, the level design, everything. Yep. Yep. And and it's so good. Yeah. Like, like the, it, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. This is so many disciplines wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. And just and just done very, very respectively and res- uh, respectfully, mm-hmm. um, respectably. There we are. It does, it's not done respectfully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he paid uh, tribute to all of the his forefathers. Um, yeah, very, very respectably done, and just uh, yeah, it's a it's a real monument to mm-hmm. human ambition and stuff. So so good on you. Yeah, Daisuke Himeya. Yeah, <laughs> but ignore ignore any of the bad things we're going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. You know, it's not perfect, but yeah. like it's so excusable because it's just like man it's just one guy and then at the point where he made it and then he did all these kind of remasters and stuff like you don't want to alter the actual thing that much no. like it's already its thing you want to make it true to the original so mm-hmm. there are some like little polish points and things i think i would want changed mm-hmm. um but it just uh it's one dude mm-hmm. you know jesus christ like you had to grade on the world's biggest curve with this shit <laughs> and even if you don't it would still be great like if you you know if i didn't know this was one dude it'd be like oh it's like a b plus a minus game it's really good <laughs> yeah and knowing that's one dude puts it into like the, the mythical s category mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah and so i, I don't know I, I may be wrong but like from my own historical perspective like this is this feels like the opening salvo on the modern indie game industry as we know it oh, a yeah. little bit like you know, on incredibly micro scale, but like this is 2004. It's shocking to think that this came out you know roughly 10 years ago because it feels incredibly modern and yeah. you know in, in, in a lot of senses. For as much as it draws cues from you know Nintendo games of, of the late 80s, like I could totally see this kind of thing coming out. You know, like this is the majority of what we play and talk about today. Yeah, right. Like this is you know this is influential in more ways than one, especially in the like kind of faux retro. Mm-hmm. Way. Like it, it is kind of a vanguard of the indie movement in general, but also um, in that, like, hey, you know, these old pixel graphics and stuff can be super beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a that's a huge thing, and and there are a lot of games that have come out hence that. I mean, I feel like like it was just a real trailblazer for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like those the, those pixel you know graphics, they came as a result of the constraint, knowing that he would be the person working on them. It's like, yeah, I want to make this as simple as possible because I, I need to be able to execute on it. Yep. You and know. that's always that's always something I love. Like I love designing within restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, the that kind of economy of, of you know the Game Boy philosophy. Definitely. That's always something I'm a fan of. Yeah. But uh, but what kind of game is it, Cole? Well <laughs> we haven't even <laughs> haven't mentioned that in case anyone's not familiar, which they could not be familiar. Like I think yeah. that our audience probably does know this game pretty well, but there's a possibility. Definitely. So uh the the, the crass way to categorize this would be as a Metroidvania, but that mm-hmm. that doesn't feel entirely accurate because it feels like it hues closer to Metroid One. Than, uh, than 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 some of the later ones, um, you know, uh, but yeah, it's a platformer game, and it definitely does take it, you know, take inspiration from Metroid and you know some of the later games that fell from that. Like there are little there there, there are little uh, nods to like Mega Man and you know other kinds of shooters, things like that um, from around that era. And it mixes a slightly non-linear structure with a slightly linear world. I can't think of a better way to put it than that. Um, and in general, it rewards creative navigation and uh, problem solving as you're going around and shooting these cute little critters and trying not to die, which you're going to do a lot. Yeah, because it's hard. 
Um, the uh, the biggest kind of mechanical twist and the thing that hasn't really you know I haven't seen really before is as this weapon system where uh, you gain experience from from enemies. They drop these experience Doritos <laughs> and they power your weapons up. Um, however, if you, uh, if you get damaged, your weapons will power down. So you're kind of constantly balancing, you know, your health and your, your weapon strength and kind of swapping between weapons to, uh, power up different ones depending on the situation. And the weapons are very, are varied and then all have kind of different applications. Yeah. You pointed this out in the, uh, in, on the Facebook group, and I feel like it's really pertinent to this weapon conversation. The downside of that is that it's a rich get richer, poor get poorer situation. Yeah. Where taking damage actually makes you less effective in combat, leading to you taking more damage to getting less effective. So that plays into the difficulty, especially in a lot of the boss fights where, you know, um, one hit is much more devastating than it really ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything I feel like could be almost fixed with just like a hex editor. Like I just want, <laughs> like all of my complaints about this game have to do with some of the puzzle logic and the difficulty and the difficulty could easily just been like like just ramp things down a little bit Mm -hmm. you know does that does that giant ball of energy need to do 20 damage probably not (laughs) you know like you could just change that number and i think it would just be a lot kind of better um as far as that and that's really my my only problem is it's just very hard once you get hit by one of those things it can just be devastating especially for a couple bosses where you all but need the highest level of one weapon Mm -hmm. to to get through them so if you take a stray hit that's kind of it yeah um for those and that gets pretty frustrating definitely um, so the thing you mentioned there, the puzzle logic plays into another part of the game. Uh, the story branches in really subtle and Simon's quest esque ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that it's almost impossible that you're going to find the, 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 the best ending, uh, without a guide on your first go through. Um, it, it's the kind of stuff that only makes sense in retrospect, um, yeah. as you're, as you're playing along. And to, to an extent, it does reward like the the kind of behaviors that you would want to like okay i'm going to forego instant gratification in favor of um challenging myself now to get a greater return later but um it it, it really is if you are careless for just a second in some places you will flip that bit and be shunted onto uh the wrong path if you're going for the good path and uh, not know it until much much later yeah it reminded me of uh, dark souls in that like a lot of the things that you do to open up these, these different paths are kind of daring you to try something to see if you can do it Mm -hmm. the same way of like, Oh, I'm going to, I wonder if I can go fight four Kings right away. There's nothing stopping me. And then the game gives you something neat. If you do so in this, it's like, well, you know, they're asking me if I want this gun, maybe I'll turn it down, (laughs) you know, or like they're, they're uh, like things like that. Like, Oh, you know, they're asking me if I want to leave this person here. Well, what if I, what if I say yes? Mm -hmm. You know, what if I say no, like things like that, like it just kind of, it gives you these kind of, seemingly false decisions that actually have huge amounts of weight yeah. to them. There's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball. Ex- exactly. Exactly. It's the Air Bud of, <laughs> the, of games. the Air Bud postulate. Well, Air Bud is made by just one guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did the entire thing, all the music. He plays oh, all the roles. Yeah, Air, Bud, like a, Air Bud were Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Air Bud Court. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, along with that, this is probably one of the hardest games we've done for the show. I think the yeah. only one that gives it a run for its money is Castlevania 3. And and spoiler, like like I, you know, completed Castlevania 3, all of it. <laughs> this this game I could, did not get the good ending and yeah. stuff like I could, you know, could not do it. Right. So 
Um, super, super, super complicated uh, story too mm-hmm. for like just a and kind of dark for like an old style retroy game. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just tons of little bunny people, and it kills more of them than in Watership Down. Like you're just constantly killing cute little bunny people. Mm-hmm. Bunny people die and die and die. And uh, the game, you know, kind of discusses these themes of war and power and genetic manipulation and and all these kind of things. Yeah. So like. It- in your first go through on it, and especially if you're not having it ruined by a podcast, it'll catch you off guard once people stop dropping like flies. Yeah, like it, uh, it, it, it definitely does sneak in because it is it is the exact kind of cute, adorable aesthetic that I like. It's not overly saccharine. It's just really fun to look at, and all the characters in the English translation have you know nice little quirks to them and everything. And you know, for as little time as you spend with some of them, you know, you get attached to them to a certain extent. And then when they go away, it's like, whoa, this is something entirely different than I expected. Yeah, yeah. And as we mentioned, um, you know, in 2004, it was released in Japan. It had a fan translation after that point, and then uh, kind of an official re-release for Steam and WiiWare as Cave Story Plus with kind of remixed graphics and sound, and then a 3D remake on the 3DS, and uh, Nicalis did all of these ports. Have you played the 3D version? Uh, No, I have not. I have not either. Yeah. Um, The soundtrack was uh, remastered by uh, Danny Barodowski, the guy who did uh, Isaac, Hmm. and uh, a couple other... You know, really cool indie game soundtracks. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to it before we started recording. Yeah. And it's good. Like, all all flavors of the soundtrack are good. Mm-hmm. Like, the original versions are good. The little remix versions plus are good. And then the super remix versions on 3D are good. Yeah. Like, they're all good. Yeah. It's uh, just wonderful composition. Like, prepare to hear a lot of that music in this. I'm actually yeah. jealous that this is Gary's edit. Not jealous yeah, enough I'm... that I'll edit it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> unless he asks real nice. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to using as much music as possible. Yeah. What, what's your history with this game? Uh, you know, I, it started popping up because it kind of came before I had, um, well, that's not true. It didn't have, no, I had regular access to the internet, but I didn't have high speed internet maybe mm-hmm. by tw- 2004 when I was 24. Uh, I think I, I was still using shit internet and, uh, the, it started kind of popping up, but I wasn't as plugged in, so I didn't hear about it and actually play it, play it until a little bit later. Yeah. Um, and I remember picking it up a couple of years after its release, the translation, and playing it, but not being like it was in one of those laws of video game time mm-hmm. in your life, like you just don't play games that much. Yeah. And then gave it my first real, real chance. Um, you know, if you when I first got my my 3ds actually, yeah. and I didn't get the 3D version, I got the just the version that's on the virtual console or whatever. There, so that was the first time I gave it like a serious, serious go. But I don't have tons of history with Cave Story. Like this is my second serious time of playing it, my third time touching it. Yeah, which is strange because it's definitely on my alley, but just kind of situations conspired to, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I picked it up. Uh, man, it must have been like my freshman year of college. Uh, so like, let's say spring of 2007 or so. And, uh, just because it popped up on a bunch of like lists of, you know, here are these hidden gems you probably hadn't played. There's this new indie movement and it's taken the nation by storm, all mm-hmm. of that. And, um, I'm actually kind of good at this game. I, like that is something rare for me to even say, but mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 I initially played it kind of at the tail end of my protracted period of like little kid patience. You know, mm-hmm. like when you had a lot of time to and a lot of time and not a lot of money and this free game that is intriguing gets you to go through it. Um, and so I've gotten all the endings. I didn't beat it this time because I'm no longer as good as I was. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, yeah, the, the, that that was that was my experience. And, you know, yeah, uh, the, the the mechanics of it support um, this kind of mechanical mastery. Like it's, it's a huge speedrun game. Mm hmm. 
and the speed runs of it are really fun to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's in about an hour is what, yeah. it, what it takes to, to, you know, to do the game. And it, uh, it just, you know, really, really cool boss strategies. And then you get some movement mechanics in this game that are really fun to use mm-hmm. and really fun to see people master, yeah. especially in the kind of optional later areas where they're necessary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for me, it's a matter of, I know what I'm supposed to do, but my dumb, stupid meat hands won't do it yeah. <laughs> anymore. So yeah. that's a little, uh, we, we are all dust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, for me, like not being great at this game just has to do with, you know, getting hit and then also some patience things like losing patience because of some ease of use frustrations. Like, oh, yeah. let's put a, a save point, you know, before at the front of the level and cutscene, not right before the boss. Right. Things like that that drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more a, a patience thing than a, a muscle thing, at least yeah. in part. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the plot, Cole. Yeah, the plot's pretty great. Like we said, it's more complex than you would think. Um, and it has a really great start to it, too. Um, so a young unnamed robot boy wakes up alone in a cave. You don't really know he's a robot yet, but that comes Mm. later. Uh, remembering nothing is got amnesia, right? And this cave is inside of a massive floating Island populated by the, uh, who are these peaceful little rabbit puppy people. Um, and they're being plagued, uh, by this evil doctor who wants to transform them into monsters and use them to attack the surface world. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually you kind of run into some stranded scientist and another robot soldier named Curly Brace. And uh, your robot boy, who's actually named Quote, which is a great name, um, successfully uh, thwarts the Doctor's plans. And if you do everything right, you defeat the evil Witch King Balos, whose influence started all this in the first place. Yeah. Which, again, I've never done that. I've watched it on YouTube, but I've never gotten through that optional optional stage. Yeah. So I just realized the uh, the irony in him being called Quote and the, the him being a silent protagonist. Yeah. 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 You can say yes and no. <laughs> That's it. He's binary. <laughs> he, he, he wrote the, he wrote the, uh, the diving bell and the butterfly. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. 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 Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we get started with that, uh, with that opening scene? This, uh, this is Metroid as all hell. Yeah. Especially this first part. Mm-hmm. Here. Like it, it recalls it uh, visually and uh, and also just kind of uh, the layout of these kind of uneven, craggy ground. Um, as you're moving through this first part, you're getting these cutscenes kind of back and forth between this guy trapped in a room uh, trying to get his sister, Sue, to let him out via <laughs> IM. Yeah. You know, brand new technology at the time. <laughs> like, cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. I mean, not brand new, but just that, you know, IM used to be a bigger thing. He's yeah. probably using like a, a dedicated client for it rather than GChat. <laughs> he's, he's using Trillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that is uh, that is Kasuma, and uh, you don't find him until much later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, th- this kind of mimics Metroid as well because you start out really disempowered. You don't even have a gun, and you're yeah. kind of uh, jumping around, um, picking you. You pick up a little health um, expander, you know, your your energy capsule. I love that off-brand Metroid theme that yep. plays when you get those. Like it is so obviously a, a cue to that. Like it's just the same notes as the Metroid jingle in a different order. I put a marker there so you can edit that in if yeah, you I'll like. Yeah, I'll throw it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you go down and you rob uh, a sleeping gunsmith at mm-hmm. uh, gunpoint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of, of your first weapon, which is the Polar Star, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of your first uh, kind of basic weapon. We should probably talk about the weapons as we get them. Yeah, kind of what they do. Um, and this one's pretty no frills. It just increases in range and damage as you as you level up. Yeah. 
and uh, that's that's really all there is to it. It's kind of it's real basic, and it's going to serve you really well for the, the initial part. Yeah, but uh, eventually you'll become outclassed. I like it a lot because of how predictable it is, and yeah. um, you know it's really useful in a lot of bosses because it fires as fast as you can pat the button. Yeah, and if you have it at the highest level, it actually can take a chunk out of somebody. Um, it, the, it's uh, real, it's only if you get you get it knocked down to level one that it's absolutely useless. The um, looking through or watching uh, speedruns of this, one of the interesting kind of mechanical quirks in this game is that, uh, as you mentioned, the weapon, you know, every actually everything will fire as fast as you can press the button. Mm-hmm. There are no fire rate limits. There are only limits on how many projectiles you can have on the screen. Right. So, uh, you know, a very viable strategy is to get as close to something as possible and jam <laughs> on the button because then you will literally be hurting them as fast as you, you press the button. Yeah. Um, if you try to keep any kind of distance, which is, was kind of my mistake because I was trying to dodge projectiles and shit, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do damage, your DPS goes way down. Right. Because you can only have a couple of bolts on the screen at a time. Yeah. So there, it really does reward getting into the fracas, especially if there are a lot of enemies, because, um, you know, if you get hurt, they're going to drop health pickups, especially if you're just fighting regular dudes. Yeah. Right. And, that, well, that's, and that's one of those things, too, where I, like, I just want a little bit of a queek, or a queek. Uh, there we go. Yeah, a little bit of a tweak. I think I was trying to do quirk and, and tweak. <laughs> a little bit of a tweak because your health pickups give you two health. And like, you know, in most bosses, the, the minimum amount of damage thing is going to do to you is five. Mm-hmm. And like your invincibility period is not very long. Like it's very easy for damage and weapon downgrades to stack up faster than you can restore your health. Mm-hmm. So there is kind of that dissonance in fighting where like if you get right up there, you can do a lot of damage very quickly. If you're trying to be a little bit more considered and refill your health, like you're, it's probably not going to work, but that's seemed very counterintuitive to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, battles end up being these really quick and brutal things when they're done right. Yeah. And I don't think I really quite figured that out until I was researching after I'd, I'd played the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Also, what this level teaches you is spikes are really, really bad. These yeah. are the Mega Man flavor of spikes and not, uh, in mo- you know, in a lot of other games where it's a little bit more forgiving. They will kill you instantly. Also, they're yeah. very bloody and uh, gnarly. Yeah. yeah but again, Dark Soulsy. <laughs> like, oh, other people have died on these spikes. <laughs> um, Each and every one of them. And then you, you run into an, an angry door like a Mario 2. <laughs> door monster that's the only one you find in the game yep like there's a couple different really like unique monsters in this game that i and i really like that mm-hmm. like uh this does not have it seems like you know the pro- the product of one guy like you'd be tempted to do a lot of copy pasting and stuff but there's yeah. very little padding in this game mm-hmm. as far as that goes like there's a couple areas where i feel like you spend a little bit too much time in them but the uh there's very little that's actually done over and over yeah i wonder yeah. how much of that you know just if you read interviews with pixel he talks about how he really didn't plan a lot of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And if it was, you know, run through the design document kind of process, you know, the, all of the pre-production that would happen at a bigger studio, I wonder how many of those little, like, one-time quirks we would get. Probably you know? not. Yeah, probably not very many. Yeah, just by, so. you know, the way it exists now, you're actually, each area feels something in and of itself. Yeah, right? and that was, that was part of the intention, too. Like, in those same interviews, he talks about how he kind of designed every area around a set of words. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you're right. Like if, if there had been a little bit more planning, it maybe would have been a little bit easier for him and something he admits, but it wouldn't feel quite as unique. Right. Um, yeah. So you, so you go through this, uh, evil door after you destroy it and you head into the Mamiga village. And cue music for that because it's great. <laughs> yep. Um, the, the the music when it's populated is great, and also the music when it's abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that one later, though. Yeah. 
yeah. A, a huge range of emotion in this music. Like, you know, yeah. the, the, it, can, it can swing to fit whatever he wants you to do. He's a very talented composer. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, he developed his own tools for, for, for uh, writing the music as well. Yeah, he's just a weirdo singular genius. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> intimidating. <laughs> Again, man, yeah. I, I, it wasn't until you said that thing that I like I, I was happy for him up until now. Now I'm sad that yeah. I, have, <laughs> I feel like yeah. I haven't made shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad and jealous. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. But yeah, the Mamiga Village, it, uh, it, it introduces the dialogue system where you're actually running around in peacetime, right? Yeah. And talking yeah, to these yeah. cute little bunny creatures. Yeah, including uh, the first one you kind of run into in this cutscene, King, mm-hmm. who has this evil-looking scar <laughs> and uh, is giving you know his citizens a hard time. And you later find out that this, he is not actually the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's just responding and trying to protect people. Yeah. Like Jack Bauer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's the Jack Bauer of Amiga. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this first little area is just kind of introducing you to the idea that there are going to be little mini-quests. Yeah. Like, there are going to be things that you have to go do for people to get through. Like, it's not just going to be an action game. You have to find this locket uh, in the reservoir mm-hmm. for uh, Taroko, another one of the characters you're introduced to here. Yeah. And once you get that back to her, um, and you can optionally go and check out the graveyard and uh, check out the farm, I think, is open at this point as well. Yeah. But once you get it back to her, you're introduced to some of the antagonists, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Misery and Balrog show up. Yes. And and Misery is just kind of a floating witch mm-hmm. kind of thing. But Balrog bears mention. <laughs> yes. Like the gigantic like suitcase or a piece of tofu or like I think it's like a TV almost. TV or a to- side of a toaster. Yeah. Like he's just he's a, he's an interesting design. Yeah. And he, every time he pops up it's a Kool-Aid man reference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was just this <laughs> oh yeah thing. Which is so goofy. In the uh, in the version that I played uh, before I dove into Cave Story Plus, uh, his his uh, catchphrase is huzzah. Oh yeah. So he's like a Mr. Burns <laughs> running around. Huzzah. <laughs> um, or uh, more more appropriately, Tobias Funke. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a special kind of treat. Um, you know what? His uh, his design is a holdover for in the beta, where all the enemies look like bars of soap. Oh. I read that. Cool. On the on on the run up, but yeah, he's got he's like a big doofus. He's like a man child kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he he commits some atrocities. Yeah, <laughs> he's a man child, like all men children. Yeah, well, he's um, the, he's the Stephen Heck of this game. Yeah, exactly. That's a it's an apt comparison for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, you know they show up, and misery ends up taking Taroko mm-hmm. from you, which is uh you know you think you're gonna kind of save the princess in this, but that does not end up being necessarily the case like that's no. not really the, the main plot and uh there's a great like little bit because balrog <laughs> says like do you want to fight me yeah and it's just like yeah if yes then yes if no then no mm-hmm. you don't have to yeah um yeah that's, that's a great way of signposting the choices as well because you think if i if you think that if you say no and the, the first time i hit this i was like well if i say no he's gonna say too bad and fight me but him saying oh okay and then running away like yeah. th- that actually shows you how like important those choices can end up being. And if you say yes, you're going to have a boss fight. But the first boss fight in the game is skippable just yeah. by j- just by dint of a comedic bit. Don't you fight um, right before him? Don't you fight a like a possessed Mamiga? No, it's a little bit later. That's in, in the that corridor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. And it's like, uh, the, you know, there aren't going to be a lot of other skippable boss fights mm-hmm. going on. It's just that idea. And it also like says a lot about the character of the game that like, he's like, okay. And shrugs and kind of moves away. Like there's a little <laughs> bit of like a quirky, um, quirky, we could even say <laughs> yes. a quirky, uh, <laughs> quirky tone to it. Yeah. Quirky and squeaky. There we go. Yeah. 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 
I like that. Let's uh, let, let's go back yeah. and then just re-record uh, the Killer Seven and Deadly Premonition. Yeah, and just episodes. Keep Basically, queaky. any game I suggest for the show, let's go back and add Queaky into it. Queaky, Queaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have your mission. Um, uh, you find out uh, that uh, you know this this Sue you've been hearing so much about. Her brother Arthur. Uh, she, she you know she's hidden in his house with his teleporter stuff. So you hop in there, and this is your kind of you know Mimiga. I almost want to say Mimosa becomes your uh, becomes your hub. Kinda a like it's bit. a hub for a second, and then you go on a really really long like it is a Metroidvania, but yeah. it is pretty linear. <laughs> so this is Firelink. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even less so, so than that. Like it connects to everything, but once you leave for the second kind of branch of things you're doing, you stay gone for a really long time. Yeah. You know, so it's it's not as much like you're not going to come back here. It's not like a town structure in a traditional game, yeah, kind of thing. Um, but you teleport to this first area, the egg corridor, which again, it's weird. But you find out that this is this long corridor where they're hatching dragon, yeah, uh, flying dragons, and uh, there's this little like white land shark thing moving back and forth on the ground. And there's actually an NPC here that warns you, yeah, and says, "Hey, that's bad news," which is unusual for this game to have that kind of thing. Because like, again, yeah, don't touch that thing, yeah. I forget, is this one of the lizard um, magicians that are regrettably called Cthulhu's? No, uh, no, he, Cthulhu's show up later. Okay. Um, there is a Cthulhu's room in this area, but uh, this this guy is just a dude. Okay. I can't remember his name. I'm sure he has a name. But, yeah. No. Yeah, th- th- this feels like a little bit more of a continuation of the tutorial. Like, you know, yeah. you, you come to it with your uh you know with, with your gun and all of your abilities uh, at least so far and it kind of like holds your hand into navigating this but even down to the the, the name you know this is a corridor right so mm-hmm. there's not as much kind of exploration to this um yeah as you would as you would see in some of the other areas which have a little bit more sprawl to them yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's a there's a very elegant uh tutorial moment in this that i i noticed where um, it's teaching you about weapon upgrades mm-hmm. because um, so you're you're coming across these uh, half depressed kind of pits where there are enemies that are you know whose heads just barely peek out of the pit so you can shoot them from safety and you shoot them you know from safety and uh, you collect experience until you eventually come to a pit that is deep enough that they are actually you have to get down into the pit and put yourself in danger but by that point you will have enough experience to level up your weapon to make it viable. Mm-hmm. And it's like super elegant because you're going through just like, okay, I need to stay safe and, and shoot these guys and, and get that. And then by the time you're forced to be unsafe, you are powerful enough to be, on, you know, to take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a super, like, I, I was really impressed when I saw that. I was like, oh, that, that's a great, you know, non-verbal <laughs> tutorial moment. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know. I, I like this area a lot, um, especially for what happens later. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that's kind of a bummer about it is, you know, you reach the end. It, it introduces the backtracking. In a really yeah. uh, regrettable kind of way. Not as bad as the next area. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Or the area after that. <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, let's just, let's just say in perpetuity throughout. Yeah. In perpetuity yeah. until the credits. No throughout way the, the real credits. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, so you reach the end there and you meet Sue, uh, who mm-hmm. disturbingly was a human who was turned into a Mamiga. Yeah. Right? Which is a weird kind of thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, we run into another guy. For whom that happened as well. Yeah. And uh, you find out why she's here, and it's because uh, she's trying to get away from this island. And uh, she the only way out, she says, is to fly away on a dragon. Right. So she wants you to help her with that. Yep. This is a uh, – she's trying to get to the first lady. Um. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And you also get the, the missile launcher here, which instead of doing it like Metroid where you kind of modify your regular gun and always are able to do it, it just mm-hmm. starts as a separate weapon. Yeah. 
which I kind of wish it was like a more like hold down. I mean, this game was, you know, originally played this with a keyboard, but if you're you know, playing it on a SNES controller, which would be the way to do it, um, like a holding R and, and doing anything would do a missile yeah. would be really cool rather than having to shuffle back and forth between and, them. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. Like I, I probably died a couple more times than I needed to trying to quickly shuffle to the correct weapon for a situation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's regrettable that it's just kind of like a toggle. Um, I guess you could, you know what? I'm just dumb because I never really thought in the moment to pause and then switch to the correct weapon. I never did that either. Cause it yeah. seemed like it wouldn't be an option, yeah. even though it is mm. like, it, you know, it's very strange. Like I always just did the quick toggle, Yeah, but having a, um, you know, and it wasn't designed for, for a controller, but like yeah. you're thinking of it in Metroid terms, like mm-hmm. up and B or, you know, R and B to do the, uh, missile would have been great. Do, do you think that it would be as important to have access to, um, the missile at all times, um, as it would be in Metroid where that is actually like the missile is more of a key. It's also a really effective weapon, but it has like a secondary use alongside well, not, that. Not as important, but it still yeah. would have been handy. Yeah. Or just like if you had a if you had the ability to set one as like your off weapon, yeah, and uh, like hold you know hold that. So like I really enjoyed the fireball, which we're going to talk about later. And so mm-hmm. just if you could have that that secondary one that just by holding down a modifier key would give you that access. But yeah. then again, I wonder if that would have messed up the combat balance because so many of those weapons are situational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean who knows? Yeah. But I just remember thinking like, oh, I have to switch to this every time. Like it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had your first and non-optional boss here right after this. Yeah, which is <laughs> Igor. Igor. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm really happy these are <laughs> Igor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is a uh, rampaging, uh, rabid Mimiga. Um, I-, I forget. Do they, they they briefly mention the red flowers here? Right. Um, I don't recall. Yeah. Like we know. I mean, we. I don't know if the character knows at this point, but mm-hmm. just for elucidation on the podcast like one of the plot developments in this or one of the issues is that when Omega eat red flowers they mm-hmm. become these big rabid they, they hulk out yeah. essentially mm-hmm. and uh and that's you know ties into the greater plot quite a bit and that's what's happened to, to igor here right this is a pretty standard basic boss fight i've i've literally never fought the first balrog so mm-hmm. so um uh this is more of the uh kind of the general it's almost like a ninja gaiden thing where you have to time your jumps to get over him while he's doing yeah. his attacks yeah, several of the boss fights are like that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's pretty sad because this poor little innocent Mimiga just straight up dies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah poor mm-hmm. pup. Um, <laughs> after you beat him, you can go into this, uh, the Cthulhu's chamber, which it says. And the Cthulhu, I guess, is, is, you know, there are several of them. It's not just a guy. It's a race. And, yeah. And he asks uh, where your blonde friend is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, says that you've lost your memory. And we'll be meeting your blonde friend a little bit later. Um, but the, the frustrating part here is you, you get to this hidden egg and you get a key card and then you have to go back to another hidden egg <laughs> to, uh, to open the way. There's a little bit of a hint to this where they have computers that correspond to all the different eggs. Yeah, yeah. And you can see which one is, is off. But it, it's a little bit like you're just you're spending a lot of time going back and forth. Yeah, and especially with that uh, with the land shark down there at the bottom. Um, yeah. Getting into these egg chambers from the bottom is pretty risky. Yeah. Um, and so that leads into a big problem with this backtracking, which if it was just backtracking, that would be one thing and one level of frustration. But when things get really, really difficult, you know, especially later on, um, it, 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 it goes from, okay, I'm going to backtrack once to I have to make this run, you know, uh, an order of magnitude more times. Yeah. Or you have to make it 
you have to do this backtracking perfectly because you have to maintain some health and weapon strength for the boss. Yep. You know, and it doesn't do the thing that backtracking does in Metroid, which is give you a sense of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Like you're never coming back to an area to fight things with stronger weapons, or very yeah. rarely coming back to fight things with stronger weapons. You do all of your background backtracking like in the area the first time you're there. Yeah, it is like intra-area backtracking as opposed yeah. to, you know, coming back with a new ability or a new way to navigate or something like that. Like, right. there are a couple of instances of that, specifically in the labyrinth, um, as you get the booster. But that is, like, your biggest mobility upgrade. Right, yeah. right, right. So it's a little bit inelegant in that respect. Like, that's the problem. Like, backtracking inherently is not bad. Mm-hmm. But I think that we notice it when it's not additive. Mm-hmm. So. But you go back there and you get the key, and uh, yeah, this uh, this egg room zero uh, is is viable. So you know that eventually you're going to have a a way off this island. You know, Kazuma's mm-hmm. here, but the bad part is King comes and captures Sue. Yep. Yeah. Again, yeah. cementing him. Oh, he's a bad guy, but no, not really. Yeah. And then you yeah. have to walk all the way through the egg corridor again. Yeah, to get to get back. Yeah. So and there's a little bit, a couple of like design considerations. Like there are these kind of step structures that allow you to bypass some guys if you don't want to fight them mm-hmm. you know you can just kind of jump over them but it's it's imperfect yeah um and uh so next we can we can after we get back to the teleporter we can teleport teleport to uh grass ta- grass town slash the bushlands which is one of my favorite music tracks in the game <laughs> super super good yeah just like when it when it hits the chorus like it's like super get pumped like it's really really good <laughs> or like the the descending yeah the like that like the i'm not, not doing it right i'll put it in the episode <laughs> yeah but the, there's like a descending uh thing that's like super super catchy and heroic mm-hmm. i really love yeah it feels like uh it, 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 this is the first like green hill zone kind, kind mm-hmm. of track we've gotten Mm-hmm. Insofar as it is that upbeat, uh, like let's let, you know, let's get pumped and do this heroic thing, yeah, kind of track. You know, the egg corridor is a little bit more brooding, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, the egg the egg corridor is super brooding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is uh, the, you know, this is bushlands, and kind of the the the, the trick to this whole area is that uh, it's, it has rolling hills, and your polar star and missile only shoot you know left to right straight away, mm-hmm. and all terrain uh, vehicles are really fun to ride. No, all terrain will mm-hmm. stop your polar star bullets yeah yeah so luckily you get a, a weapon pretty quick yeah in here mm-hmm. and that's uh you know to the left there's santa's house <laughs> your name um but you you find his key pretty early in the area and uh, get back into his house and uh give you, you get a save spot and you get the fireball yeah uh, which is your your next uh non like super weapon non-missile weapon mm-hmm. i love this weapon yeah it's really cool yeah. um and it's super situated like i i would switch back to it you know continuously in the game because whenever you're on an uneven plane you know if the enemy is below you this is a great weapon yeah. like almost always or if you have uneven terrain mm-hmm. um it just show, like shoots a bouncing fireball and then as it levels up 
um, it just gets more powerful. It doesn't gain you know new uh, trajectories or anything. Right. This is the uh, the uncoordinated gentleman's uh, weapon, mm. just because you, because you know it's always going to go down and then roll along, roll along the floor. If an enemy is going to be going along the floor, which is a, a vast majority of them, you can just flood the plane with that, mm-hmm. and you can rest assured that it's going to take them out. So this is uh, this is a really a really great weapon for kind of sticking and running and trying to separate yourself from danger. Right. Yeah. And it's, and they, they make it because it sounds like a panacea, but then they, in this area, about halfway through, they introduce flying enemies mm-hmm. into the game to show you that, like, no, you need to be switching back and forth God, between these things. It's so smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, a, there's so many for every, like, decision that's a little bit, like, jinky. Mm-hmm. There's a, like, it's like, eh, that's not the greatest decision. There's an enemy. There's a decision that's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like, it's not like it's flawless, but the flaws feel much smaller than the, the triumphs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Definitely. You know. Um, I have no idea why there are jellyfish floating around a plane. Nope. Or why they, they spawn, like, just after talking to somebody who mentions them. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's the, the kid from the Twilight Zone who's, like, imagining them out there. <laughs> like, yeah. I, th- th- this was one of my biggest frustrations with the game, actually, when I first played it. Was, mm-hmm. like, you know, just the, the, the obvious flag wankery around that. Yeah, it's super wanky. Like there, and that happens kind of again and again in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's also frustrating to keep like kind of farming for jellyfish juice. Yeah, you have to get like yeah. if you want to get everything, you need to have like four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can make a so you you go back and and you talk to this this person um, in order to uh, to get the jellyfish king jellyfish to spawn. Mm-hmm. You get the jellyfish juice for some reason. You can only carry one, which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, oh, but, oh there, there's a bigger mystery to that. The, the jellyfish keeps his juice in a chest inside him. Yeah. Hey, Gary, can you do me a favor and watch my blood box? Yeah. <laughs> Turtle treasures. <laughs> you had to get, get into that shell to get the, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's gross. And imagining seeing a treasure chest inside a jellyfish, like floating. Oh. They're also gross. <laughs> like a gelatinous cube? Yeah. Like, why isn't there a jellyfish that's evolved to have that to hunt prey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just angles people. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's noteworthy is that once you get this jellyfish juice, if you want to make a little detour, mm-hmm. um, you can head back to, through the teleporter and get the bubble gun yeah. from a fireplace in the, the first area, which I ended up really loving this weapon as well. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's it's super cool. It's really fun and unique, and it uh, it has a, a real market. Like, so far, all the weapons we've had have been more or less just the same but better mm-hmm. when you power them up. But this is the one that gets additional functionality Yeah. Um, at level three. And if, if, if you're doing a no machine gun run, like if you're, if you're trying to get the spur, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be the only weapon you get for a good long while. Maybe, maybe of all of them, I forget, mm-hmm. um, that, that automatically fires as you hold down when it's, uh, when yeah. it's level two and two and up. Yep. And it, uh, so it has, you know, rechargeable ammo and its big thing is it surrounds you with a field of bubbles. Mm-hmm. And if you release the button, you can shoot all of them. Or if you just kind of keep doing it, hold the button down, it will fire them as new ones come up. Yeah. Um, but it'll shoot it, lightning it, bolts too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the bubbles turn into yeah. is little lightning bolts when you let go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and it ends up having a huge defensive property. Like there's a boss fight that I think I feel like it's downright essential for, mm-hmm. um, just because the bubbles will, uh, will harm projectiles on their way into you. Yeah. They're chaff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't get this until after the area, but could, I guess just because I never think to take that initial jellyfish juice back and grab it. Um, yeah, I just I just knew I remembered from when I played before and wanted it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And there, and really there's there, there's no reason like <laughs> there's no reason to go to that house ever, really. And also yeah. um 
no reason until after this episode or until after this uh, this area to know that jellyfish juice will put out fires and that there may potentially be stuff inside the fires. Yeah, so yeah, that's... which is weird. Like if you know what all those words mean, <laughs> probably pretty strange. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but m- midway through this level, you find um, you know Kazuma. He is trapped mm-hmm. in this uh, kind of Quonset hut kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not like dome shaped, but it's like a little utility shack. Yeah. Um, you can't get out. So your mission becomes, how do we get this door open? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you go back into this other area where there is a, a robot mm-hmm. who's there. Um, and you talk to him and you do another boss fight with, uh, with Balrog. Balrog shows up. I love the fake yeah. out that you think yeah. you're going to be fighting this, uh, this robot. Yeah. But and then you... Balrog just pops in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very similar to the first time you can fight him. It just now he has missiles. Yeah. And again, it's like that Ninja Gaiden thing where it's about kind of jumping over him or just dodging him while going back and forth on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he does a lot of damage, and you have very little hit points at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's it's you know you can still die here fairly easily with a little bit of bad luck. Yeah. Yep. And those boss runs are tough if you die. I died to him yeah. a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, this <laughs> this raggedy ass robot who was crushed by Balrog and his Kirby arms. Um, says I, you know, I have uh, my I, my only ability is to make bombs. And if you hadn't uh, uh, investigated the rusty door on Kazuma's yeah. hut, yeah, you won't be able to have him say, "Oh, go get me these ingredients." It's yeah, the flagging here is super super janky. Yeah, like it's very very frustrating. So you have to look at the rusty door. You have to look at the crack. I think you have to look at the door again oh, at some point shit. for him to say, "Oh, to get the gum key." No, like that's later go- on. You like you have to go all the way to the right side. Look at the door that says gum, which I thought meant that the door had gum jammed in the locks. Yeah. Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, to get the gum base. <laughs> and then like what what is the society that has an entire <laughs> gum room? Like, key door and room are on gum base. Um but it's just like super, super annoying flagging where it's like you have to okay, now that I've looked at the door, now that my character knows this thing, I have to go back and talk to a guy who I have no reason to think would have the gum key mm-hmm. to give me the gum key. Well, it's Kazuma who has it. Yeah. 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 But at this point, you know, we just it's just the guy who's trapped. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we don't know that why why would Kazuma have the gum key? <laughs> you know? It just he just happens to have it. It's pretty irritating. A little bit. Also irritating that you have to kill multiple <laughs> multiple uh, king jellyfish to get this. Yeah. Uh, so not only do you have to get the jellyfish jelly that Kazuma asked for, or that the robot asked for, you have to uh, get another jar of it to put out the fire in Santa's house to get Santa's coal. Right. Which and you that's can't, why he's named that. <laughs> which, yeah, well, and you can't get it from other fires you put out. Yeah. Like, I went back and got the bubble gun, and that didn't give me, you know, coal. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's just, it's mildly irritating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can, kind of shows, um, something that's going to come up. So once you get into the gun, gun, gum room, um, <laughs> you, you fight Balrog again, Balrog and Misery shows up and she turns him into ball frog, <laughs> like a frog version of Balrog. I like that and, name so much because that's what I called him when I saw him. Well, he's a ball frog now. Yeah. And then you get to the credits and it turns out the, yeah, he's ball frog. Misery turned him into ball frog. Super good. The, um, but it kind of, it's kind of showing the kind of frequency of bosses mm-hmm. you're going to fight in this game. Like bosses are come hot and heavy. Unlike a Metroid game. Right. Like, they're, they're, you know, you're going to fight a lot of boss fights very frequently. Mm-hmm. And I would like to, you know, I wonder what, like, narrative reason there is for that. Like, if there, you know, is it because there's a story like, okay, this is an inflection point and we need to, you know, teach you just a little bit more about uh, uh, this world? Um, or is it just that he had these concepts in mind for these different bosses and was looking for a way to pepper them around? Because they're very irregularly placed. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like it's the second one. I don't feel like Balrog teaches you much. Yeah. You know, in the game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but uh, I like this fight. It's pretty cool. You get those uh, fans on the side, and that's something that after you activate this robot and turn on the power, uh, that changes the level to a certain extent. Um, yeah. These, you know, these fans that'll boost your jump, and uh, this gives you more ability to ninja guide over these guys. Um, yeah. And his trick is he's only vulnerable when his mouth is open. Yeah. Yeah, which will, well, that'll happen. Yeah. More guys will have that going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you go grab the bubble line if you didn't already do it. Um, at this point, and then we're heading to the the sand zone. Yeah, after rescuing Kazuma, and they take off on their bitchin' rocket bike. Oh, sure, him and yeah. Booster. Yeah, I forgot about that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which just crashes. Mm-hmm. Like they just make it to the end of the level. Like that's it. That's such a huge um, tease. Yeah. Like I see, I see a kick and rad jet bike, and I want to, I want to ride kick and rad jet bike. Yeah, even if it sucks, like it doesn't Chrono Trigger. Yeah, or like, in, you still uh, want to like, Yeah, I've never, I've never enjoyed riding a jet bike, but hey, Krusty's gonna be here. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're headed to Sand Zone. Um, again, good music. Mm-hmm. And yep. yeah, just just assume that's the case. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, I guess we'll only call it out when it's really good for a specific reason from now on. At least I will. I, I will leave it that to you, Gary, to decide. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you're headed to Sand Zone because um, you have learned from Misery and Balrog and just kind of these scientists that these red flowers are forbidden by the Mamiga. But the you know the doctor is wanting to get at their store, like their storehouse yeah. of them, and the, the the warehouse is in Sanzo, which this is this is where the naming for the for the various yeah. areas <laughs> gets a little bit eh. breaks down a little bit, just a bit. Yeah. This is also um, you know a real good and bad area for lots of reasons too. Yeah, it's a huge like very, difficulty spike. Yeah, huge difficulty spike, lots of bosses and lots of backtracking. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, so the you know, first boss you meet is the, the lady robot, the blonde lady robot, Curly, who you mentioned, and she thinks that you are. It's a classic like superhero thing, like yeah. you know they they show up and they fight because it's of a, a misunderstanding. And uh, the fight's fairly simple. Um, it's mostly about kind of jumping over her when she does her machine gun burst. Like she has a certain limited amount of ammo. Yeah. Um, but the, it's complicated by the fact that she has little Mamiga pups with her that do only do a little bit of damage, but are constantly distracting. Yeah. And kind of tackling you, and yeah, they'll they'll, they'll get you, uh, you know, stun locked. Yeah. yeah, it makes you unable to avoid the machine gun fire, which will make short work of you. It's yeah. easy to dodge, but for the Mimika at the bottom, she's also immune to missiles. Yeah, yeah, which like is a little thing that she has that makes her immune to missiles that you never get. Strangely enough, mm-hmm. like uh, most of the stuff, you know, eventually most of the items you see other characters using in the game, you eventually can get a hold of. Yeah, but she has a little missile shield. Yeah, and. My first instinct when I get here is to avoid shooting the uh, Amiga because I know they haven't done anything. Yeah. Uh, they can't die. And, you know, but, like, it, it feels like if there was going to be a moral decision point, like, that that would have some kind of consequence. Like, did you fight Curly without killing the Amiga? Yeah. You know, maybe it's I'm just not. reading more of it. Yeah, it, it, it's of no consequence. They're up and walking around in no time after yep. that. Yeah, walk it off. Mm-hmm. Um, after you beat her, she offers you the machine gun, yep. which, um, which I always took because I did not realize that this was a branch point, mm-hmm. but she wants, you know, she'll take your old polar star. And if you don't take the machine gun, you can get some other weapons a little bit later, but I've always taken the machine gun, not least of which, because it's pretty fun. Yeah. I'm um, again, talking about weapons that have unique utility mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a hover, hover pack. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, if you shoot down at full charge, you actually shoot so fast that you hover <laughs> in the air and that gives you a huge amount of like kind of mobility 
and uh, yeah. access to, to areas, mm-hmm. which is useful in this next area, which has a lot of verticality to it and a lot of hidden spots kind of to the ceiling. Yeah. And that's the case for a lot of these decisions that you're making to get the best weapon um, mm-hmm. or the best ending. It will take away a lot of utility that would be very useful in the moment. Yeah. You have to really kind of, you know, hamstring yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you go into uh, the, the the sand zone proper, which like it, like every good desert stage, the the sun is the enemy. By mm-hmm. which I mean mechanical floating suns that spawn yeah. multiple <laughs> smaller suns, miniature suns, little tiny yeah. stars. Yeah, little tiny stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but that's not really what's hard about this. Like you know, they're they're all uh, kind of sequestered in these polar star blocks. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's also they, but, and then the ground has those uh, alligator things. Yeah. That'll that, take away half your health in one go. Yeah. They're just like way too brutal mm-hmm. and, and way too unpredictable the first time one of them comes. Like there's nothing to, to signpost that I can't walk on this ground. Mm-hmm. Especially when I've just killed a son and, you know, a gigantic Dorito fell out of him. Mm-hmm. Like I want it. Yeah. But no dice. I like that, how they're arranged in the columns. So you, it tempts you to go down into the sand. Yeah. yeah. I would like it. I would just wanted some kind of signpost. Yeah. Like a little skeleton down there or something like that. <laughs> would do it yeah but at the uh the far right of this kind of top top area you fight the second boss in a very in a very short amount of time after finding a hidden save point and health point yeah yeah (laughs) the the save point and health point placement in this game is a huge sticking point for me yeah like uh you know i want a save point you know before every boss Mm -hmm. you know because the bosses are really hard i'm gonna try them a bunch of times and i don't i'm not i mean i people could argue like oh you know you you give dark souls a pass for boss runs, but the, the runs are different. Like the consequences, you know, you have healing items in dark souls. Yeah. So if I take damage on the boss run, I can still fight the boss with full health, you yeah. know, almost every time mm-hmm. I have resources here. Gaining health is a grindy process mm-hmm. and it's, you know, unless you have a health refill station. So like doing these boss runs over and over, you kind of have to do them carefully every time. Right. And, you know, I would get, get pretty annoyed at that. And uh, there's also very rarely uh, health restate, very rarely health refill stations after bosses. Exactly. And there's almost never a good way to refill weapons after bosses. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you took a lot of damage during a boss fight, like you were just kind of, you know, crippled for quite a while. Yeah. Afterwards, like I remember coming out of one of the boss fights. I think the one at the end of, of this with like three hit points, mm-hmm. and there's a save point afterwards. But that was it. <laughs> I just kept dying after that save point, like getting one shot by really simple enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they wouldn't give me a health refill, like that just seems sadistic. Exactly to me. What I would love, like you know, if if, if there was a compromise on this, um, you know, people would probably get up in arms. You're 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 changing this. It's supposed to be hard. It's you know, pulling from these games. You know, just make it so that there's an option that if you die five times in an area or to a boss or something like that, it puts a save spot closer to it. Yeah. You know something where we're like where it adapts to how you're doing and you can humiliate somebody around it if you'd like you know have somebody come yeah. in and say looks like you need some help but like that 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 would that would go a long long way i think to uh to alleviating some of that yeah and just and just even i, mean, I think that's the thing too because as much as i got frustrated with some of the boss fights i think are you know a little bit too hard if i was able to just try them over and over in rapid succession yeah at full strength it wouldn't bother me that much mm-hmm you know, but the fact that it like there was always this kind of ordeal, um, and that sometimes I had to be mindful, especially at the fucking end, mm-hmm. I had to be mindful of not only beating the boss but beating him in good shape for the next boss. Yep. To beat him in good shape for the next boss, <laughs> to beat him in good shape for the the fourth boss, yeah. like it just kind of got a little bit absurd at a certain point, like challenging in a in a way that I don't 
think is very additive. Yeah, that uh, that rapid retry point actually brings up a comparison. Even though they're very different games, that is something that Super Meat Boy did incredibly well. Oh yeah, which is it's an incredibly difficult game. However, because it is instant. That you, co- that you go back to retry in the next, you know, that same challenge over and over again. That takes away a lot of the pain. This game is mostly friction in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Or like Hotline Miami. Oh, yeah. Does that? Or um, even like, and, and if you're playing uh, most PC games, you can create that for yourself. Like we talked about that when we uh, did Max Payne. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have these tough rooms, but you just create yourself a restore point. And yeah. that didn't reduce the joy for me. <laughs> Right. Like it wasn't like it didn't ruin the experience for me. And mm-hmm. Meat Boy and Hollow Mammy are not ruined by being able to try again right away. Right. It actually just makes it justifies a higher difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it feels a little I don't know. I feel a little disingenuous holding this game from 2004 to that standard. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but like games get better. <laughs> and right. uh, it's mostly my fault for being spoiled by those things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also this game's fault for not recognizing that that is horrible. Yeah, I mean, just literally just the save point thing mm-hmm. would have been a big difference. And yeah. even I feel like there are Nintendo games or games of vintage that it's taking off of that are kinder yep. than this. So, anywho. Anyway, yep. Yeah. So you get all the way to the right, and uh, yeah, Omega is this boss um, who has no narrative significance. He's not brought in by misery, I don't think. It is really just a rock maw machine that extends out of the sand and somehow is the is the guardian of the curse on the sunstones yeah i don't understand at all <laughs> yeah um he's pretty easy though like yeah. this guy is not too tough especially um, uh, with a fireball because he's yeah. entirely uh, landlocked yeah so you, you shoot a bunch of fireballs in his mouth mm-hmm. and eventually these uh sunstones move so the doors open mm-hmm. and uh, you head down into the second half like the lower half of this level mm-hmm. um where you can find jenka this old lady um, you find out she is Misery's mother, and uh, she doesn't want to let anyone into the warehouse of red flowers. Um, <laughs> however, if you find her dogs, like she wants you to find her five dogs. Yeah. Here. Which means, yeah, you're going to be backtracking a lot. You're going to be finding a lot of very well-hidden passageways. And then, you know, making your way back. And you can only carry one dog at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only problem I have with this. Yeah. Like, hide the stuff, but let me just make a round. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why can I only carry one pup at a time? Like, in real life, I can probably... How many dogs a, can you carry, Gary? Four. <laughs> like, four four puppies, I think. Like, two under each arm, like I'm carrying sacks of cat litter. Okay. Like, I think I could carry four puppies. <laughs> Sedated? Would they be squirming? Um, No, they could. I mean, they could be. I'm pretty good with dogs. Okay. Like, I'd get them to calm down. <laughs> Will you sing a soothing tune? Yeah. No, uh, uh, lol, puppa by Puppy lullaby. <laughs> I'll, I'll sing a puppa bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give us a sample, Gary? Cool. <laughs> you know, the panting is really important to that. Otherwise, it makes them fly into a rage. The uh, Elizabeth's dog, Radar, who's my favorite dog uh, in the world, who's a real psycho, um, he's always making gross guttural noises, but he always, like, He's super happy and smiley all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because he's, you'll just be always be petting him and he's super into it. And, and, and he's like, 
Like, and just like go back to the smiling, panting thing after just making these gross, disgusting, guttural noises. He also has all kinds of fart problems. Like, I'll be sleeping there and chill at the dog and they kind of snuggle with me because we're, we're best buddies. And, uh, like sometimes, you know, it's, it's super great. Like, he's the snuggliest dog I've ever seen. Like, all he wants to do is be Little Spoon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like, there's, he jumped in and I'm just like petting him and it's great. And then just, just kept farting. <laughs> just, like, Jesus Christ, right now. Yeah, dog farts. <laughs> this is not okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I cannot sleep through this. It's like a fireworks display going off outside the window. Like, I cannot do it. Ugh. Huh. Dog fireworks. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So this uh, th- th- this takes... Yeah, if you could do a round, you could probably tackle this in one-tenth the time. Yeah. But instead, it just takes forever. And, and that- the areas are hard, and things respawn whenever you go into a door. Exactly. Like, you can't clear out the area and then just explore it. You always are going to have this pretty significant... Um, kind of wall of bug monsters yeah that bottom and skulls, <laughs> and skulls. yeah that, that that bottom run with those dragon skulls and the uh, and the birds yeah um I, I mean that is so many enemies per square inch on your screen right yeah. and you know, it is incredibly dense um in addition to the fact that uh, for a lot of that platforming uh in those areas that are really infested by that if you drop not only are there spikes but you actually have to go back to like the beginning because it yeah. kind of layers over top of itself in yep. like a Z kind of fashion. So it's it's incredibly unforgiving. And uh, I would almost say to the point of being disrespectful of time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes kind of bullet hell Yeah, at a certain point. And you don't have the ability to dodge properly for that. Like eventually you'll get some kind of mobility mechanics that would make that a little bit more mm-hmm. acceptable. But at this point you don't. Yeah. You know. Which is a shame because I really like the jump in this game. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, the, it's, it's, like floaty horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's predictable in in, in a great way. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's Mario good, but this is a uh, this is you know one of those areas every platformer needs to compare to Mario favorably. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why bother? And it follows those rules in a very satisfying way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. but as you're rescuing these dogs, you find uh, you know Jenka is telling you a little bit more of the story, um, revealing more about these red flowers and uh, about this robot plague that they had as the surface uh sent robots in trying to uh trying to exploit this uh this floating continent right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. and uh when you eventually come for the last bring the last dog back Mm -hmm. uh, balrog comes and he's there he's there already and kills the dogs and takes the key to the warehouse yeah (laughs) um all that for naught yeah. Um, if you give her the dog back, you don't have to, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny. But if you give her the dog back, you get uh, the life refill item of the game. <laughs> yeah, you, you only get, get one. You only get one later. You get another one. Um, oh, do you? But it's incredibly hidden. <laughs> I, I've never gotten the second one. Yeah. Um, if if like you can, um, I was looking up. Um, I didn't end up going through it because I got I got pushed to the brink of cheating in this game. <laughs> Me too. Where where I was like, man, there's got to be cheats for this. And then I was like, okay, I'll try it one more time and got through the part that was a block. But like, if you were going to cheat in this game, I feel like that would be an acceptable way to do it. Is like, mm-hmm. just give yourself one of these health up things every, like give yourself three total yeah. in the game or something like that. Like that's acceptable. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Because in another game, this would be like a Mega Man E charge. Like if you yeah. collect heart stuff, it would you know it, it would go in. That would be another mechanic that that I think would help that a great deal. Yeah. As it stands, like this thing is what got me through the uh, or the second one that I got rather uh, is what got me through the the hidden version of the final cave. Yeah. Uh, earlier today. <laughs> um, yeah. So so it is incredibly useful if you deploy it uh, strategically. However, 
you know, if you use it, you think, hey, there's probably going to be more of these now that it's introduced. No, that is yeah, absolutely yeah. not the case. This yeah. thing is or rarer you than you could go back dust. to her and get one whenever you want, oh, like yeah. one at a time. But that's not the case either. Right. Um, yeah, it's what got me through the boss rush, rush at the end. Mm. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you take this key and you get into the you get into the, uh, the, the the warehouse for a really sad scene, yeah. and also a very difficult boss fight, which never put those next to each other. No, because don't do when that. you die on this boss fight, you're gonna have to watch the sad scene until it is no longer sad. Yeah, until, until like just fucking die already. Like it goes cutscene, save point, then boss fight, <laughs> not save point, cutscene, boss fight. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I watched the sad scene a bunch of times. Me too. Yeah. This fight is hard. This is a rabbit Taroko, and even more so than the previous um, were rabbits that you fought. Um, she can pick. She picks up blocks and throws mm-hmm. them, and they'll take away a good chunk, like two thirds of your health. Yeah, like you can you can take two blocks, mm-hmm. and that's if you're not getting hit by anything else. Yeah. You know, in the fight. So it really becomes about dodging the blocks. If you can dodge the block, like, I've, that's what I figured out eventually after many tries and watching this cutscene many, many times was just like, okay, the only thing I need to really concentrate on is dodging these blocks. Yeah. If I can do that, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I would still get hit by other things, have my weapons powered down. It was still, like, very difficult. Yeah. The, the difficult part for me after I realized that was um, trying to see the difference between when she was going to just throw it from the ground and when she would jump. Her jump oh, and yeah. throw changes the trajectory of it, you know, necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the distinction between those is very quick and very slight. There's um, also a little thing I learned from watching speedruns is that you can manipulate. If you hit her with a missile, she'll always do the jump and throw. Oh. So you can manipulate her AI that way. Just a little, like, side tip I didn't know until I watched a speedrun of it last night before bed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Additionally, uh, something we haven't said about most of these bosses, because of the way the weapon system works, a lot of these boss arenas are going to be filled with kind of chaff enemies, where yeah. if you get knocked down to uh, you know to low health or if your uh, weapons get um, de-leveled and the one you prefer to use uh, ends up being useless, you can farm back up. But the problem is in cases like this, where the main threat is so deadly, you don't have a lot of opportunity to kite them around and uh, get back up to something useful. It's a necessary quirk of the system that doesn't pay off like it ought to. And in fact, in a lot of cases, like with those Mimigas or uh, here, uh, they, they, they hurt more than they help. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and part of it is just that number uh, tweaking thing where, like, if you got a little bit more health back with health recharges, you know, missiles or experience recharges, because even if you spend, like, if you get a weapon deleveled um, significantly, like you're at three maximum and you get down to, like, two and a half it's going to take a lot of those little chaff enemies to get you back up to three mm-hmm. and to get you back up to three with some security it's going to you know you're not going to be able to last that long dodging yeah. and it's just the two counter you know kind of contrary philosophies of like you need to be close to the enemy and just dish out as much dps as possible slash you need to be dodging things and re you know minding your health and ammo and mm-hmm. experience and it just it's a little bit frustrating like it doesn't quite work as elegantly as it could right yeah. I've never played this on easy. I think that might have been something that was introduced with the plus version. I it wonder is, if yeah. I wonder if that fixes it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't want to try it because usually, I mean, I almost always do normal. Yeah. on a game like unless it's like Indigo Prophecy or something. Yeah, you know, like I I, I want normal. That's what I want. Like I, I never seek out hard, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll try it as you know because it's it's a statement like it's an artist statement and I want to do it as the, it's intended. Right. You know. So. Yep. But yeah, Taroko's dead. Uh, she morphs back into herself, thankfully. Mm-hmm. 
um, at the end of that. And uh, so is King, because, you know, we never said how Turoko was transformed. This is the Doctor, Balrog, and uh, Misery. The Doctor orders um, Balrog to feed Turoko the flowers, and King shows up and gets zapped, too. So this is really where the bodies start hitting the floor. It's a pretty disturbing scene, too, where, like, mm-hmm. the, where Balrog is like, eat it, eat it, and, like, shoving this thing into its mouth. Like, it, for being as cute as it is, like, you can imagine it being really visceral. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. On the plus side, um, you, <laughs> you get, get a, the you're, sword. Like, a really weapon, yeah. Oh, man, this is, the, this is the savior of the mid-game. Yeah, yeah, super powerful, like, super short range, which is the downside. Mm-hmm. Um, but super powerful, and it's got a weird little quirk where, like, level three, you actually summon a ghost of king. Mm-hmm. And it does more damage, but the fire rate is slower, like, it stays on the screen longer. Yeah. So you, and you can only have one of them on the screen, so yeah. staying at level two is the sweet spot for this. And you can just do insane amounts of damage. What's crazy about it is in level three, it will um, also attack an area. Yeah. Too. Uh, so that offsets the, uh, um, the 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 range hindrance insofar as if there's a bunch of stuff, you know, two, three feet in front of you, it will all die because yeah. of uh, because of the ghost attacks. Yep. Um, so after you get that, uh, Misery sends uh, you and then also Balrog mm-hmm. to the Labyrinth. Sending Balrog out seems a little bit under-motivated because Balrog is in top villain form here, both killing puppies and rabbits. Yeah, he's he's a solid bro. And I don't know <laughs> if they just wanted to like give him some kind of spot of redemption or like why they chose to make him. Uh, I think in the credits they call him like an unexpected friend mm-hmm. or something like that. And I know that he plays into the, the real ending. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why it also, I agree, feels under-motivated. And this area, this is that area where, like, I just beat that boss. I have three health. All my weapons are, like, at level one. <laughs> and I have a save point and then a huge, you know, tower to climb with enemies that I'm just going to keep dying because I can only take one hit yep. because of not putting a health restation or re- health refill station after the uh, boss fight. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> it just, like, make, make it like Mega Man. I guess Mega Man doesn't count. Make it like Zelda, where it will just refill your health at the end of a boss. Or like, you know, Symphony of the Night, where if you, when you save, you get your health back. Oh, yeah. You know, that would also be, there's no reason for those to be two separate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never, I never felt good. Yeah. By that. Like, it, like it didn't introduce a challenge that I felt was, was nutritional, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you want to be challenged in the moment-to-moment gameplay. You don't want to have an endurance challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, that's almost never optimal. I don't want to say it's not fun because the moment to moment play in this game is very fun. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really like the game, but it's that little bit just was very felt ill considered to me. Yeah. It's a, patience is a resource, you know? Yeah. It, to- yeah. it totally is. And that's something that game designers have to manage. And, uh, yeah. you know, this just isn't of an ethic where that prioritizes that. It doesn't feel and- like. And the spirit of full disclosure, too, we're recording this a little bit earlier than we ordinarily would. So as much as it's not a long game, maybe if I had played this over our you know, usual two-week allotment, mm-hmm. I would have taken more breaks and been a little bit more patient. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not – I mean, the game's like seven hours long. You can yeah. you can beat it in a week. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – I you know, maybe was a little bit less patient because I had to power through yeah. due to uh, my travel deadline. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. Anyway, I like the Labyrinth. 
Um, it is, uh, it, it is different than a lot of the stuff we've seen so far. Um, it's a tragic area because this is, you know, essentially the depths of the island that misery created to cast off all the stuff she didn't want anymore. Yeah. And so this is a place, you know, especially this first room is filled with robots who in trying to get up to the top to open the door, they've fallen so much that their legs are broken and they are doomed to just wait until their batteries die. Yeah. Super it's sad. Just, yeah, that's great. The really good detail. Mm-hmm. Um, when eventually you do get out of this, you end up in this kind of hallway where you're introduced to the Gwadi, which are these, uh, I like how you have another thing as bug jakes, which is not <laughs> what they look like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, these bug creatures that were also trapped here by misery. And mm-hmm. some are cool dudes and some of them are actually, you know, have gone insane or what have you. Yeah. Feral. They're yeah. hollow. They're hollow yeah. bug jakes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just the, the carapace left behind by cicadas. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um uh one of these uh one of these Gaudis uh in the in the shop will offer you the second trade for the for the polar star. So if you if mm-hmm. you held out um you can trade I think the both the polar star and your fireball for uh, I think it's called the snake. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like a shotgun. Um it, it, combinate, it, it combines both of those which it, it seems like it would be really uh favorable, but it's actually not that great in terms I'd- of like what you would possibly trade them off for. Yeah, I've I've never gotten. I've always yeah. gone with the machine gun. Yeah, so. I I did it once and immediately regretted it and yeah. uh, re uh, relittered a save. Yeah. So. So yeah, um, that that is a thing here, uh, and this is also you know what uh, this is where not picking the machine gun as well will deny you some pretty good perks because there are some places that you can't get to on your own with just your jump. Yeah. And so you can hover up and you can get like the arms brace, which uh, alleviates the experience loss factor to a certain extent. It cuts that in half. Yeah. So that makes a difference. It, I mean, when you're getting kind of just real slam jammed in a boss, it doesn't feel like it makes that big of a difference. Yeah. But it does. It makes a, it makes a big difference for uh, for navigation. Like yeah. for making those runs, it, it provides a very a very useful buffer. And mm-hmm. if you are if you are taking the best ending path, you don't get that until well after this area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, you eventually you end up at this kind of clinic mm-hmm. here with these and, cute frog people. I want yeah, a game of these fro- guys. Yeah, super cute frog dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the credits, the nurse one, her introduction placard just says, "I am a nurse." Um, <laughs> but uh, Curly, your buddy Curly is here, and uh, you have to go get medicine for mm-hmm. her from the old haunted clinic. <laughs> which I love the idea of there being this ghost clinic like forty feet away, yeah. and they just abandon that one and set up shop in this other clinic. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a ghost in it. Yep. Clinic uh, North, man, things got really bad. Yeah, Over here in Clinic got... East, it's all it's all Everything's okay. Everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> Except we're out of medicine. Yeah, exactly. That's well whoops. Um and the uh so you find a, a ghost creature there who looks like Balrog. Yeah. Um guarding this thing called the Cure All. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not too bad. No, I like this fight a lot. Um yeah. just because even though it is pretty much instant death, uh if he falls on you because he does like a thwomp kind of thing. So he he'll disappear and then uh, and then you'll see like you know stripes of uh, weird ethereal dots come around mm-hmm. as he tries to drop on you. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very small arena, but that's alleviated to a certain extent by the fact that the save point is li- literally right there. Yeah, which is the way it should be. Yep. Um, and the way it isn't for the next boss fight. So after you give you know Curly <laughs> the medicine mm-hmm. and stuff, you head to the end of this hallway where you fight like probably you know the most like a big stopping point for people in this game like this is a huge difficulty spike mm-hmm. which is monster x yeah this is uh i got flashbacks to you remember a metroid fusion that line ending yeah yeah the almost exactly the same 
Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's hard for kind of different reasons than that too, but it's still in a way that feels a little bit unfair. Like what frustrates me about this is like, there's a couple things like one, you can't totally clear out the hallway before he gets there. Right. So you have to clear out the hallway of regular enemies, um, which is, and you have a huge gauntlet of regular enemies to get to before you, uh, before you fight them. So you're going to get that kind of worn down aspect. But the frustrating thing is like in his second form. So he is this gigantic X-shaped mining equipment thing. And after you destroy his four little nodes in the middle, he starts shooting these uh, heat-seeking missiles at you. And the way to deal with those is the bubble gun. Like, surround yourself with bubbles, and it will destroy those. But if you get hit by one while you have it, your bubble gun levels down, that's it. Yep. You know, like, that's that's it for you. Like, you can either, you can try maybe DPS him to death, you know, but you can't really do very much about those missiles. There's so many of them. Um, it's just very frustrating, like that you're relying on this optional weapon. Like you maybe didn't even get this weapon, and you have to have it at the highest level for it to, to accomplish this defensive function. Um, just really, really hard. Like it just takes forever, and you do this run up so many times. Like hard, hard, hard. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, one of the situations that gets really difficult because necessarily by the way you have to attack him by standing in between his treads um, and firing directly upwards. Uh, those missiles are going to come from all sides yeah and due to the vagaries of the uh, of the of the hitboxing right um you actually can take them out just by firing upwards straight with the polar star mm-hmm. they could be because of the angle they come at they, they come at you at but that feels so unsafe and unsatisfying because occasionally if it's one pixel off it gets to you it doesn't feel as safe as using the bubble the the, the bubble line yeah, um, well, you know, like, and also you can't like you're not staying in one place because the thing's zapping back and forth, and yeah. it does the most damage by running you over. Yeah. Oh, I mean, w- w- like when it's open and when it's vulnerable, it's standing still. Yeah. So, so like you 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 know to jump to jump out of the way when you see it closing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more like uh, I had more problems dodging the missiles when it was moving back and forth, like oh, yeah. missiles. You know, that's when I was using the bubble shield. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. Anywho, really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, uh, and it's just a cat in the mining equipment. It has no plot significance. There's nothing to it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, it was a cat. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, that's really weird. Like you don't realize that until the very end. Yeah, it's just an inexplicable non sequitur. Yeah, and the, the, the achievement is like cat killer or something like that. Aww. So like that's how I knew. Gross. Before the ending. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hmm. That 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 upsets me. Somewhere yeah. in this area, you uh, you get some great music that uh, kind of four on the floor disco kind of track. Yeah. 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 Just saying that before we get to the next really <laughs> shitty sequence, I just want to throw in let's let's make this a compliment sandwich. Or, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a choice right after this. Yeah, that is uh, not a choice at all. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't present as one. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And like, cause, so you get on this pit, you see a guy fall down there, and obviously you think to go help him. Um, I didn't this time because I wanted to play with the other. The first time I played, I did. Mm-hmm. And this time I wanted to play with the booster 2.0. Yeah. Cause I, I read about it. Um, so I didn't go help him, but what a weird thing to like, just not go help this guy Yeah, to make this a choice, you know? Okay. You just die down there. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, it's the, the little Mr. Magoo type doctor. Yeah. Bo- bo- booster. Yeah. Booster. Yeah. Um, and he gives you the item named after him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he, he gives you the booster 0. 0.08 or point point eight. Yeah. Which gives you a double jump. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you take that from him, he will not be able to perfect it into booster 2.0, which yeah. is which is the you know the the big movement up uh, movement upgrade you're going to get. And like fairly unique in in games, like it's really it controls in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the way the booster uh, 2.0 works. Yeah, booster 0.8 is pretty good just because the double jump is always satisfying. Yeah, yeah. 
I would take yep. a double a double jump in a Final Fantasy game. Just put as much double jump in a game as possible. Totally. Yep. The 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 and one of the things that's true, like one of the things that made it possible and easy for me to wait for the 2.0 is because I took the machine gun. Yeah. Like if you're going for an end run, you have to you know sacrifice the uh, the machine gun and sacrifice this booster, and mm-hmm. you just have no good jumping ability for quite a while. Right. So. Yeah, and uh, you're also going through a lot of areas that are incredibly finicky with their jumping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And boss fights as well. Like when yeah. you when you get to uh when you get to this core room and uh there's a little story sequence with Curly um trying to uh get through these blast doors, which It's in, it's intolerable. Yep. <laughs> like it takes so long. The only and you're gonna that, die so many times on this fucking thing. The only thing that helps is wait, can you can you go back and save after you've opened up the blast doors? I think you can. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I, if I did. I, regardless, so we, like, I died yeah. so many times I went numb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is this, you know, there's a little mini boss fight with Balrog, which we mentioned. It's the last one you fight oh, yeah. him and he's, it's not a big deal here, but he lets you into this area with the core. You do these blast doors and it takes forever. Like you open up the blast doors, one of them's broken, you go fix it. Once you do that, then it allows you to do this elevator to open up this last blast door. You get there and you, this Terminator faced robot gives you like a long bit of exposition. It is unskippable, yeah. which, you know, is not, not acceptable. And, uh, and then you fight the core, which is another really, really tough fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not like it all makes sense. Like I like it mechanically. It's a lot of different elements that make sense, but like the gigantic energy balls don't need to do that much damage. Like, no, it just they doesn't really need- don't. No, like you can't make it. And the whole idea is it like floods you. So unlike in Mega Man, when you're underwater, you jump, your maneuverability is shit. Like you don't jump really high or anything. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it really hard to dodge them. And yeah. if you get hit by one, your weapon is going to level down. Mm-hmm. You you can only take, you know, probably two of them. I can't remember exactly how many hit points I had at this point, but it was not many. Um, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. It, it, like, it's incredibly punishing for like for failure. If you you know, don't hear that, that shot going off. And, you yeah. know, if you, if you don't have it, the timing of it built into your head, you know, one, 1,000, two, 1,000 jump, or, you know, know that you're supposed to lead them towards the bottom corner. Like all of that knowledge that you get yeah. is earned by going through those blast doors again and again. Yeah. And, and it, it just, it's just never fun to do over and over. Like yeah. just watch this little scene, which is like kind of good and poignant. Like when you do this, you turn the audience's goodwill against things that they should have, or to turn their will against things they should, you know, look favorably upon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a cute, touching little scene, and it has this, like, nice ambience, and the music is good. Mm-hmm. But just have, making me do it over and over is going to make me hate it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I like the visual design of this thing, too. It looks like a big seed pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Super yeah. creepy. That and Looks just cool. it, it does feel like something from the from the wily stages of uh, Mega Man Two a little bit, because to put yourself in a good position to shoot that, to shoot him, you're going to have to do a lot of tricky. Uh, you know, you're you're standing on precarious one block wide things. You know. No. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a decision point that again doesn't read as a decision point here, uh, that also substantially changes the, the 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 nature of the scene that goes afterwards. Right. Right. So. Right. Which is, you know, the water fills up and you're drowning, which is a cool, like, ludic narrative intersection mm-hmm. where, like, you've been dealing with this drowning mechanic and you do feel a real sense of panic because you have this, like, <laughs> gameplay yep. consequence. You I don't want to fucking do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, it will exa- exactly. Like, I don't want to fight this again. How do I get out? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't and you're supposed to die there. And uh, if you are, you know, depending on what decisions you made, um, you can, this uh, little tow rope appears what is yeah. the thing that toggles that on or off i think it's always there 
Um, if, it, if it is tied to something, it's tied to your weapon choices. It, it, I think it is tied to something. I could oh. be wrong, but I feel like it is tied to something. Like the tow rope just doesn't appear oh. in certain situations. Yeah. Um, but if, if it appears, you can take Curly with you. Like mm-hmm. she gives you her oxygen, like her uh, her underwater bubble yep. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that is, uh, it's really sad. Like the first time I played that, that was a real big, you know, punch to the gut. Insofar as this person who feels like the secondary lead, just, oh yeah, you're halfway through the game. She's gone now. Bye. Yeah. Um, and it feels like a real, like, you know, saving heiress or saving, uh, kid or, you know, saving Shala, whatever, whatever JRPG trope you want to take, um, you know, moment to actually like, what do I have to do? What complicated series of flags do I have to get to make this thing possible to, you know, to to carry her through to the end? This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Christopher Hare. Apropos for a game about bunny people. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Christopher and the hare. That old fable as old as time. Um, yeah, so thank you, Christopher. Mm-hmm. And what did Christopher do, Cole? Well, he backed us on Patreon, which is uh, the, the, the way that uh, we crowdfunded this network. Basically, what happens is every month you pledge a little bit of money and uh, you get little things in return, such as you know early access to the shows, access to backer blog kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. If you look uh, here, I think last week or two weeks ago, I did something about the the new way of taking notes on Gabriel Knight 2 with a little Easter egg. You get to hear everything I said while playing Gabriel Knight 2. What a treat. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And and there's a, you know, we, we, a new show on the network came from it, mm-hmm. um, which is our, our Duck Feed Live because we're doing these once a month live streams. Um, they're available in audio forum for everyone, but you want to see it mm-hmm. and participate in it because it is fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, you can only get that through through Patreon.com. So uh, thank you, Christopher. And mm-hmm. thanks, everybody, who supports the network. And if you want to support the network, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV. Yeah. So after what is potentially either a really sad scene or, uh, quote, being a hero <laughs> by hooking up a tow line and grabbing Curly, uh, you're kind of drained away. Uh, back into uh, this little lion corridor and into the waterway. Yeah, which is the other part. There are so many parts of arti- points of articulation with this curly side quest mm-hmm. kind of thing, and this is uh, a huge one because if you miss this, um, you're, you're kind of getting swept through these currents, and if you miss this place where you can jump out, <laughs> and it's very easy to miss. There's like two safe squares. Yeah, it's so easy to miss. If you miss that, then curly grounds, mm-hmm. and that's it for curly. Um, and you have to keep her alive. And man, like, since I've never actually done it, like, I, or I've never actually successfully beaten hell, but like, I can't remember when you get to hell if, what does Curly have to do with opening the way to hell? Really nothing. Honestly. Yeah, it's just an arbitrary, like, it's just a reward for being a good dude. Actually, it's not like she has to open it. Wait a minute. I, th- I think that actually, if, if the way that it would work is if you saved her and she's alive at this point, she, she goes into the room, um, by herself. So she's the one who opens the door. Into oh, okay. it. Like you rescue her about halfway through, like you you pick her up um, and grab her with the tow rope, and she actually provides a mechanical advantage in hell. Um, so that would be the reason that 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 works. That that makes sense, kind okay. of that's, loosely. That's a little bit better. Yeah. Anyway, this is incredibly tough to do. Yeah. Um, like you know, so every point of like saving Curly is pretty tricky. Yeah. Well, well, after uh, after you save her, and uh, one of my favorite notes I've ever taken is uh, I just wrote drain Curly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, this this little cabin also happens to be the one place where there's a book on dehydrating robots. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a niche. check the spit valve. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, so you have to drain all the water out of her. And you need to have a book to know how to do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just like, you know, stand up and wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the um, There's also yeah, the option, to... um, like, uh, it says, would you like to leave here, here, here or not? Which both options make sense. Either leave her here to recuperate or I will grab her on my back and risk her getting waterlogged again. Yeah, but you have to grab her. Yeah. For it to work. It's real right? sad, too. If you if you fuck up at any point, you get a little message that says Curly's life force has ended or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, her life force has drained or something like that. Yeah. Um, after you get flushed out of this area, regardless of how you, you treated Curly, um, you fight Ironhead, which is this fish in this kind of auto-scrolling mm-hmm. area because you're being gushed along. And yeah. I actually like this fight. Yeah, it's quite course. a bit. Like, it's well-balanced and also pretty unique. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and uh, you can only shoot forward and down, so it's not strictly side-scrolling, um, and it yeah. gets a little bit tricky. But it's like a breather, almost, after yeah, totally. after what you've seen. And, uh, you know, if you, I think if you save Curly, it gives you, a, it gives you a save point relatively close to where this boss fight starts. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of danger. You can go into it really disadvantaged uh, by if you run into the spikes, like the platforming around that is tricky as you navigate the currents. Um, but that's really the only thing that makes this dicey. Yeah. 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 Um, afterwards, you come back to the um, Amiga Village, and it has been abandoned. Yeah. Um, has a different music cue and uh, is, you know, no more bunny men. And you, you get a, l- a little bit of plot. This is where you get the uh, the booster 2.0 if you didn't get the booster 0.8. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we should talk about that a little bit. Like, it is more than a double jump. It's like a, a directional jump. You know, you jump in the direction you press. Yeah. And it's, the, you know, the four cardinal directions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you can do it. And you have this limited little fuel gauge. There's nothing to visually indicate it. But you can change directions multiple times in the jump. Yeah. And kind of turns you into this little, like, you can kind of snake around things mm-hmm. in a cool way. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you pick your direction. And it's not really used for that. Uh, very much um, until you get to the last uh, the, you know, the last cave, and then in hell, almost all of the jumping is uh, ded- you know dedicated to figuring out. Okay, do you know how much boost you have, and can do you can you use it efficiently? Yeah, really impressive to watch in like in speed runs, like watch yeah. someone just first try it and go through yeah. super super fast. It's really funny. Good. Can you or can you do uh, hell with the the point eight? No. With the no. Okay. No. Uh, get, getting uh, booster two point is uh, that you know everything after that is predicated on it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which is a little bit crazy because there's a way that you can do, I don't, I don't think you can do the hidden last cave without it, but, um, in the plantation, you get an item that takes away your, uh, your booster and, uh, Mm -hmm. you can actually finish the game with that, which which means you can opt to hobble yourself even further and say, yep, no more boost from now on. Um, and that does end up being really useful for, uh, dodging predictable, um, predictable projectiles. Yeah. Yeah, especially in these this little boss rush at the end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I've, I've never gotten the spur here, too. You got that in the notes, but yeah. I've always taken the machine gun. Oh, it's great. Um, what is the, how, what's the story with that weapon? Yeah, so, uh, again, it's mechanically different. Uh, it's regular attack um, is uh, just to fire, like, uh, the fully charged up Polar Star um, kind of blast. However, it doesn't level up like normal. Um, you level it up by charging it. Okay. And it has different levels of charge. So if you hold on to it for a little bit, it'll fire like a double beam, uh, straight forward. And at the maximum level of charge, it is a, it is a beam that'll go across the entire screen. Yeah, I can see that being super useful because the pretty soon the game is going to start taking away your, your weapon levels. Yeah. 
So being able to get around that would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right, right around that point is also where they start adding in. Uh, There's this, and then there's one other hidden, uh, hidden weapon that uh, subverts that. So even though you you think like, okay, why would I use the spur um, if I have a fully upgraded other weapon that could be better? Well, the spur is more secure. Um, mm-hmm. And it brings with it kind of all the best parts of the Polar Star with very few of the of the downsides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty great. Also, I like the story beat. Um, there's like a little philosophical rant, uh, you know, the, the, that the uh, gunsmith goes through um, about like the nature of creativity and stuff. It almost feels like uh, um, it almost feels like Pixel himself inserting something about people who make things hmm. into it. I, I can't find the full text, but uh, I'll, I'll try and dig it up for the... Uh, for the for the show notes but it's actually pretty inspirational yeah i've never i've never seen that since i've never gone and you know every time i've gone back to him he doesn't have anything to say because i have mm-hmm. the machine gun yep so mm-hmm. but yeah uh but both those things are a really big uh level up for you and you can also go back to uh go back to the labyrinth uh the guy who would have given you the stake uh normally since you don't have your polar star anymore he instead gives you an item called the whimsical star Mm-hmm. which is a badge that when you get a weapon up to level three, it'll surround you with uh, kind of these little drone things that will do damage and stuff around you and also intercept uh, projectiles that are coming I, at I've you. I've never gotten that either. Yeah, it's crazy huh. useful. Um, huh. And uh, it only fires when you're at level three. However, when you have the spur and you just shoot a full charge, that counts. So you, okay. th- th- there's just never a reason not to have this thing up. That's cool. Yep. And then also if you miss the arms barrier because you uh you skipped out on the machine gun, you can go back and get that too. With uh, the, yeah, with the booster. Yeah. Unfortunately, the 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 run back to the labyrinth is not that great. Yeah. It's a, you're pretty much just doing the whole thing again. But uh it does pay out a little bit. That's cool. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, yeah, so you had you he wants you to escape with Sue. Um yeah. so you head to the egg corridor because as far as you know, flying dragons is the only way to uh, actually get out. Mhm. And everything is destroyed and broken down and crumbled and all the eggs are burst open mm-hmm. and stuff. And it looks really cool. Yeah. Got all these um, uh, baby dragons flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, weird insects. I'm not sure where those came from. And also dropping spikes from the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Again, again, in a very Mega Man-esque uh, fashion. Those will uh, do a number on you. But mm-hmm. you can also use them against the enemies. So yeah. at least you got and that then- going for you. And then you, uh, you know, you head in, into this room and fight the the villain from Shawshank Redemption, uh, the sisters. <laughs> Damn it! You snaked yeah. it. You took it. You took it from me. You're gonna swallow what they give you to swallow. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I wasn't you were gonna make a Shawshank Redemption joke. You had to vary it, vary it up, and I won't be able to predict you. Ah, okay. Um, the uh, it's like high level Dark Soul PvP. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is two two dragons that share a health bar. <laughs> Um, you got it in the notes that they were tough. I did not have a hard time with these guys. They were not too bad. Dispro- uh, like disproportionately. So like the, the, the hardest part is they're, they're rotating around you. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they, they only fire intermittently. Uh, it's in the second, it's in the second, uh, part of the fight where they're both firing all the time and yeah. there's really no safe angle, uh, to take them out from. Right. Yeah, yeah. It might have been just because maybe it was a machine gun thing because I was able to, you can shoot the fire, their yeah. fire out of the air. So mm-hmm. I just had a, a high enough rate of fire to, to protect myself. Yeah. The bubble line works a little bit. However, if one of them gets through, you, you know, downgrade yeah, to something that doesn't really work yeah. at all for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but event, you know, eventually you get to uh, Egg Room Zero, and Kazuma's there and says that he has a hatch dragon, and says, hey, do you want to come with me? And <laughs> in a cool little bit, you can. Yeah, you can get a can, shitty ending. You can side with the bird people. Yep, yeah, exactly. exactly. Fly off and uh, in the sun or sunset. And you can say yes or no if you want to, and it doesn't mm-hmm. actually influence what you do. Right. You can still just exit out, you know, this wall. Um, so you're on this cool outer wall. Yeah. And uh, you can either go on, you know, go on the dragon or start scaling this wall. I love this music. This is yeah. this is one of my favorite pieces of music in a game. I think actually, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's nice and chill, real like sad. And this is a very different. I think this might be the first time you're outside too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just by the way that the level shaped, you know, you are uh, you can tell that you're precariously perched on the side of this thing that is speeding through space. Right? Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. It's really bleak mm-hmm. and lonely feeling. Um, and there are gigantic uh, ghost cats that shoot sperm at you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a weird thing about the Japanese, right? That their ghosts look like cum. Yeah, <laughs> not cum ghosts. Like, cum. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also a, a, a really frustrating to get to secret area at the bottom here uh, with the little family. I, I have never seen that Inexplicably. before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is where you get the nemesis. Um, since we're headed to the plantation, we could talk about this here, uh, just because it makes more sense. Uh, so you get down there, and it's just these little two two pixel tall people um, who <laughs> they're missing their dad. Like, oh no, where'd my husband go? And uh, you have to get them from the graveyard. You have to get the husband from the graveyard back in the Amiga. Except because he's two pixels tall and he's running, you have to press down at exactly the right moment. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but if you pick them up <laughs> and you pop them in your pocket like a little dude, you can take them back and uh, he will ask you to trade your sword for a weapon called the Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is, and it's really great for the end game, um, it actually uh, gets inversely less powerful the more experience you get. So when you're at level zero or level one, it is an incredibly effective automatic firing, um, huge projectile that goes really far um, mm-hmm. and can like make like really really short work of those uh, final bosses up until the last one. Um, however, if you touch a piece of experience, level two is slightly less powerful and it goes like a little a little less distance. And then a level three, which only takes a second piece of experience, uh, you shoot rubber duckies at a really slow mm. rate that only go about five pixel lengths or from a five quote lengths the uh you know it'd be awesome <laughs> imagine a uh, a sequel to honey i shrunk the kids where they ended up in a graveyard or any kind of media where you are shrunk down super small and have to explore a graveyard mm-hmm. can you imagine that like it looks like just forested grass and then you get to these tombstones are just huge cyclopean like monuments yeah and then mausoleums that are like look like the gates of mordor you know just like gigantic <laughs> doors with huge skeletons yeah like somebody somebody needs to do some kind of video game where you're the only premise is you're you're in an undead graveyard 
mm-hmm. but you're super tiny. Yeah, like uh, dead flowers scattered around from mortars. Yeah, yeah, but then you had to climb over and shit. <laughs> Running away from geese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and wily old, you know, Kartankins, the, the, the carekeeper. Kartankins. Yep, wily old Kartankins. Is that his name? Gra- yep, the graveyard. Is that a given uh, name? Yep. It's his last name. Okay. It's uh, his family adapted it from some kind of Slovakian. Yeah. Jimothy Karchankins. Yeah. Name. Old Jimmy, Jimothy Karchankins. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, um, that would have been awesome. I, I'm envious of this little tiny dad and going <laughs> Just, on this graveyard adventure. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that, that technically doesn't come until a little bit later, but uh, you have to call out that these little people are living right underneath the escape balcony. Um, I guess you don't have to. I guess you could let it pass, but then we'd have to address it later. So, mm. yeah. But you're climbing up, and uh, it's really terrifying if you fall as you're climbing this because it slopes outward as you yeah. go up. <clears throat> it's incredibly yep. it's incredibly difficult to fall off the bottom of this. However, if you do, you get a non-standard game over. Instead of saying, oh, you died, it says, and you were never seen again. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, I've not, not fallen off of that Which thing. is more grim. But it is super, super grim. Yeah. Um, essentially, you also run into the storage room on your way up there where you mm-hmm. find another human that was turned into a Momoga, um, Ito, or mm-hmm. Momiga. And uh, he is uh, not useful yet, but he is part of another fetch quest that you're going to do in just a moment. Yeah. It was a little bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're mostly here to head into the plantation. And this yeah. is where all the Momiga have been taken um, to kind of grow red flowers. Like, the the doctor has set up the slave state, mm-hmm. you know, complete with like company script and you know different enforcers and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. Like, how long were you gone? It's yeah. I mean, yeah. you you could have been in that labyrinth forever. It's or, like, really passed de- out in the water. Yeah, yeah. It's really depressing. Yeah, like to a shocking degree because they like most of them won't talk to you because they've been told if you talk, you die. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, the seriousness of what's happening contrasted with the adorableness of everything you're looking at. Yep. Yep, yep for sure. Yeah. And this is mostly like a plot area. There's not an awful lot of, uh, there's not, uh, you know, there are no gameplay wrinkles to this, really. It, no, but it's huge. Like, it's a big mm-hmm. area to explore, yep. which is kind of cool. Um, and there are a couple, like, little hidden things that you can find. But mm-hmm. mostly you are, like, there's a bunch of side quest stuff here to rescue Curly yeah. that you can do. And then a bunch of side quests fetch quest stuff to uh to get to the final area of the game yeah and the uh the 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 side quest thing to get curly is really just going back to the graveyard and um doing this neat little mushroom fight yeah super cute yeah yeah because he puts Um, you through a quiz and then he gives you a mushroom badge you have to look at it in your inventory figure out it's not worth anything and then he says well what'd you expect you're gonna let me kill you you, i was going to let you kill me and then you just take him out in a really yep. easy boss fight. It's super fun. And then you super feed adorable. his body to your robot friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, pretty intense. Yeah. But uh, that's a little bit off the main path. And again, back into the crazy stuff that you have to do. Uh, the main path here involves trying to teleport out and being thrown in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- that happens. And, and you get thrown in jail and you learn about this resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, you get this password, which is the word cave story backwards. <laughs> okay. Um, yep. Um, and the uh, you're going to whose mom is it? um Buh. it might be sue's mom actually yeah yeah i think it's sue's mom um sue's mom is leading this resistance and sends you out to get these parts for a rocket mm-hmm. um and it's kind of it's weirdly uh you know pointless some of the things like she takes away your booster yeah and you can get it back but like what's the point of taking it from me if you're just, just going to give it back to me 
Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. So the boosters look like they go on your feet. However, the item that replaces them is the Mamiga mask, which makes it so that the Mamiga will, you know, they, they'll talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. And you, and you have to re-equip the booster. And mm-hmm. if you forget, like, it's that's just an extra little step to do. Like, not every item you have to equip. Mm-hmm. Like, the uh, the thing that halves your experience loss, you don't have to equip. Right. Um, this thing you do, which is kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just a little bit frustrating. You're just kind of walking back and forth this area it's not too bad but it's it's a lot of walking back and forth yeah and eventually you get ito she you know she needs some some little doodad from ito yeah as well the thing about curly that i forgot to mention here uh this is where you get a bunch of backstory because you think Mm. you're going through the game after you find out about the about the robots thinking okay i was actually part of a genocide force that mm-hmm. came here, and in fact, no, both you and Curly were part of the uh, were part of the force that was sent here to go after the Demon Crown. Yeah, yeah. So you were not involved in that at all. That feels like, I mean, a, a little bit of an important, important plot point. Yeah, yeah, mildly uh, redemptive. Yeah. There. Um, eventually, when you get the uh, all the rocket parts together, you take this little rocket past mm-hmm. all these slamming traps. <laughs> yeah. Thing which to if you, to the if you try and go up manually, you will die. Yes. Yeah. Which I definitely did. Mm-hmm. So. Um, up to the last cave, which uh, I've never, I don't know, I haven't done the uh, the hidden last cave, I don't have, think. Have you seen it? Um, I don't think so. Look I mean, it maybe, up. Maybe, but not, not, rec- not based on the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I would go so far as to call it ROM hack difficult. And the biggest thing that turns it into like a huge fuck you um, until you get used to it is, the, you know, is the fact that um, it requires you to go through one block wide openings. Um by doing the horizontal boost. So that's mm-hmm. why you couldn't do this without the without the booster 2.0 because there's spikes to the top, lava to the bottom and one space of, you know, of empty yeah. air in between, you know, that is one booster length away. So it requires pixel perfect precision. Um and uh there's really no way to get your health back up if you fail. Yeah. Um that and there's no save point between that and uh, kind of an easy boss, but the boss is made much more difficult by the fact that this entire dungeon is part of that. Right? Yeah. yeah. How do you, what articulates the last cave and the, la- the hidden last cave? Uh, it is having, I believe that it is definitely having the booster 2.0. It might also entail having uh, Curly alive at this point as well. Okay. Um, I've, I've only ever gotten um, both those things by doing the save Curly story, like that, that, that particular path. Because so that, that's that's what that's what you're describing sounds like what I did. Maybe I just misread the the title card for it. Maybe I did this and did not do the actual last cave. Oh, look up uh, look up some videos. Um, yeah, to, I will. To, to, to see because because there there definitely is a distinction. The, like the, the the regular last cave just doesn't have as many of those. Um, it's not as spiky. Okay. And it's not as lava y. And also, yeah. there's no boss in the area. Oh well, then I, I definitely did the hidden last cave. Oh, because cool. I, fought, I fought this boss and it was very spiky and lobby, <laughs> okay, and felt cool. like a ridiculous difficulty jump. And I was like, "What is this?" But now I realize I had stumbled into a a hidden, you know, a non-standard level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Cool. So high five, hidden yeah. last cave, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're also distinguished when you walk in. It says last cave parentheses hidden. Okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, I don't. I guess I've never seen the actual last game. I might have seen it the first time I played through this on 3DS, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you feel like a badass when you can run it. It is incredibly satisfying to uh, to, to nail the timing. Um, the, the, yeah, the jump, the uh, booster mechanic is so fun. It makes me want, like, an indie game where you just have that from the beginning and maybe is a little bit more generous with the fuel and is designed around it. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm curious about uh, 1001 Spikes. 
actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I, that I, I was playing this and thinking, man, I really wish I had a Vita or something that could play it so I could try it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. And that boss is really nothing special. Uh, in fact, it's made completely trivial by the idea that there's a little mound in the middle of his uh, boss arena that he can't throw over. Yeah. So <laughs> you really just have to lead him around. So that's always between you. And then you're done. Uh, oh, yeah. and you better hope you get through the massive hallway full of thwomps. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that part's tricky. I think you, I end up doing it the super slow way and trying to tease them out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until eventually I just yoloed it. But as soon as you get to the other end of it, there's tons of the uh, the enemies, the little red critters. Yep. There, so it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually you make it outside and you're up on the the balcony, which is the area, you know, on top of the island, and uh, <clears throat> there's the prefab house, which is funny. <laughs> And uh, tons of these were amigas floating around and yep. a helicopter. So it's apparently not the only way to get off the island is with a flying dragon. Yeah. It looks really rusted out. I think that, uh, what is it? The, the scientists outright say they're stranded. Hmm. Well, they end up, uh, but like during the ending sequence, oh, the yeah. regular okay. ending. Yeah. I, I'm an yeah. asshole. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're not an asshole. It's just they use it. It's, it does look rusted out, but maybe they just fix it. Hmm. Um, doesn't mean, maybe they just threw some jellyfish juice on there and hmm. cure all it. Yeah. I'm looking at this. Apparently, 1001 and Spikes is available on PC oh, and cool. Mac and Linux. It's on Steam. And you get a discount if you already own uh, Cave Story Plus or Night Sky. It is the oh. nice Alice uh, loyalty discount. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I owned. I don't own Night Sky, but... That's pretty good. Oh, I will take a look. Um, anywho, um, so you make your way through this kind of area up until this, like, the one of the end boss rushes. Like, it's not the true ending of the game, mm-hmm. but it was the ending for me. Yeah. Um, kind of both times, and the first time I drew this, I couldn't beat these the series of of bosses. No, um, it's just it's not they're not that hard individually. Mm-hmm. Kind of up until the end, I think the last boss is very hard. Yeah, but it's just such an endurance thing, and you have like what maybe fifty hit points, fifty five hit points. Yeah, uh, point? I, I think you max out at uh, fifty or fifty five. There's one more health pod that you can get, but that's only in hell or the sacred grounds. Yeah. So yeah, you're. So, I mean, you are, you're just so fragile. Mm-hmm. You maybe have one of those uh, uh, health refill things mm-hmm. hanging around, and you just you don't get to save or refill your health between these bosses. Yep. And it's it's really it's it's three you know three to four bosses. Like there's one that has a different, and the third boss is like three bosses. Yeah. The, the <laughs> third section, it's just it's relentless. They throw every permutation of this at you. Like yeah. it's, it's one boss by itself, a two stage boss, and then a multi part boss. Um, yeah, very, very frustrating. Yeah, like just uh, like un- unforgiving in a way that I just, I just can't. It, it holds no truck with me. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Like uh, you know, I got through it by dint of well, shit. I'm in college. What else do I have to do? You know, back when I did it before. But I, I don't know. Spoiler for this. I, 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 I you know, petered mm-hmm. out right around the undead core. Um, yeah. For this, for this playthrough, just because like, well, I got to put notes together sometime, and it's four p.m. Yeah. I'm recording at 6, so later, guys. Yeah, yeah, sorry, bros. And I, I, I got through it. I beat, ended up beating it very late last night um, through just sheer willpower and not wanting to do it today. <laughs> um, you know, and just it, and then I I got to, at that point, I was so exhausted that when I got to the hidden level, I was just like, well, fuck this. And, <laughs> and decided to stop because it's just, is you know, again, that ROM hack hard. Yeah. Um, so there's, there, you're fighting, uh, your first thing is you're fighting Misery, which yeah. is kind of satisfying because she's been so terrible. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole game, and yeah. uh, it's a pretty easy fight. 
Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I, just yeah. because her patterns, there's enough variation to what she does. She's got mm-hmm. the blocks, she's got the uh, the, the um, orbs that go out horizontally, and just kind of the spray of orbs, yeah. along with uh, the shield and the bats. Like, there's a lot going on, um, but it's all just easy enough to dodge that if this was just a regular boss fight, I would feel fine with it. Yeah. Um, but knowing that it's part of a menagerie, like, you have to play so incredibly conservatively with her. Yeah, just because of your, you're preparing yourself for the next several stages. Yeah. Um, you head upstairs, there are some, some Migas in caves, or in cages, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess if you, I didn't notice this until I saw the speedrun, but if you talk to one of them, they'll give you some health refills. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I didn't get that. Um, that would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you end up actually fighting the doctor, <clears throat> and he gets to say, uh, he has this red crystal. Yeah. What is the red crystal called? Uh, it, is co- it is called the red crystal. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's easy enough. And it is um, the, uh, the the distilled essence of the red flowers. Um, and yeah. he has figured out a way to make it work on humans, uh, which yep. in a Wesker-like fashion decides, well, I might as well take this. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's very Resident Evil. Like anything, you know, I'm just going to burgle myself <laughs> into oblivion at the drop of a hat. And uh, he has two stages mm-hmm. at this point. Um, where, like, it's mostly, like, he never gets huge, and, I mean, he hawks out a little bit, but he's not Super Hulk. Like, he doesn't become a big screen-filling boss yet. But it's really bullet helly because he's, he's shooting a lot of bullets, and he's teleporting uh, semi-randomly. Mm-hmm. So um, the trick I ultimately found for this is, you know, really that DPS thing. Like, just being close and just ham-jamming on my sword. Yeah. And that did it. Like, when every time I tried to play smart against this guy, I was punished for it. Yeah. Be- being close actually gives you a big advantage in dodging his main attack, that uh, kind of double helix thing. Beca- yeah. Because that kind of like wedges out and gets bigger as it goes, it's easier to jump over uh, if you're closer to him. Yeah. And really, you only need to uh, to beat feet and make a retreat if he does his uh, jump up and do the do the radial attack. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Which <laughs> is, is a little bit annoying because it doesn't just fan out, it also reflects. So it becomes straight up bullet hell insofar as you really have to keep five or ten projectiles trajectories um, along with their reflections um, in mind as you're doing your jumping. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Um, and eventually, so after you you get this little cutscene, um, you know, where uh, Shu, uh, Sue shows up mm-hmm. and uh, Misery shows up. And Misery, you know, is like, what kind of beast have you become? You know, and uh, tries to fight him. And he says this whole thing about, like, you know, those who have forgotten their master are already lost or something like that. Yeah. He's gone full on crazy at this point. And uh, takes it. He possesses Sue. Mm-hmm. So you have misery, and he possess, and misery becomes like hulks out in some way too. Yeah. So you have misery, you have Sue, and then you have the core, which is you know arguably the hardest boss from before this point, or <laughs> second hardest. Yeah. Comes back as the undead core. It's so discouraging. Which is like I think the undead core is maybe a little bit would be a little bit easier than the first one if it wasn't for all these ads. Yeah. Like people complain about that in Dark Souls too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, all the bosses are hard just because they have little guys to distract you. But this game does that constantly. Yep. Like, super, I, super tough. And they have tons of hit points. Like, mm-hmm. Sue and Misery have, like, take forever to kill while you're trying to do everything else. Yeah. And remember, the each of these guys is also spawning their own little uh, power-up dudes. Yeah, totally. You know, just putting a power-up chaff. Yeah, which which do damage to you. Like, they're not <laughs> just power-ups. Like, they, you know, you're there's so many things on the screen at any given time, mm-hmm. you know, and so many things to keep in mind. And, like... They operate independently of each other in a way that is kind of unsatisfying. Yeah. Like, the uh, the undead core just kind of does its thing no matter what. Floats around. Yeah. Like, just floats around shooting and, and doing stuff while you're trying to deal with uh, Sue and Misery. And it's like it's not like they're working together or anything like that. So it, it becomes... You can't really bait the undead core into doing anything. Right. Which I kind of like. Like, it's just a big force of nature. Like, it's, you know, a big dum-dum. But it makes it a little bit harder to deal with when it's just going to kind of keep, you know, keep doing what it's doing. 
while you're dealing with these two other factors. Right. They're super random and confusing. Yeah. So, ugh. <sighs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is right craft out specifically yeah. because of that. Yeah, it's frustrating. And it just, it wouldn't be, I would love to, I would try this a thousand times gladly if I didn't have to fight all the bosses on the way up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just put a save point between these things. Like, be great. Like, I, I get that. Like, I like, I like hard games. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, there's nothing, you know, replay value is such a, such a thing where, like, you know, doing the same thing over and over is, is almost never fun. Like, that's something we, we talk about on the show. And this is a real example of that. Like, look, I've, I've proven that I can get through these first mm-hmm. two bosses. And in fact, you I'm don't, getting better and better at it each time. Right. Yeah, because yeah, because I have to, and that's not. But it, it's not in a fun way. Like it's mm-hmm. not. That's like that's an optional challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for that's for speedrunners and challenge people and stuff to you know perfect a thing. Like I want to be able to. The degree that I want to be tested in a game is to barely make it past something. Yep. And have that be good enough. Mm-hmm. You know. So as long as I get past it, you don't have to actually compromise the thing, but don't punish me for not getting past it well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems yeah. frustrating and arbitrary to me. Yeah. It almost has um, uh, shades of our problem with Heroes of Might and Magic and a lot of stuff in the strategy genre, which is you don't know that you're fucked until 40 turns later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, if I'm fucked, let me know, like, pretty much right away. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The, the, that kind of feedback is just valuable, you know? Well, there'd be no way for them to do it and have it be this boss rush. Yep. It would just make you, like, you know, die in one hit from so, you know, so, misery and so from the So they doctors. just shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah, they should have just put save points between the things. Yep. Or just, if, if you want, let me go back to the save point. Uh-huh. Like, if you want to make it a pain in the ass for me to walk back, that's Oh, yeah, fine. make it a hike. But, yeah, but a block just, block just appear. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not even like a Dark Souls-esque, like, run-up for that. Like, you just can't do it, you know, because the bosses won't stay dead. Yep. So, yeah, it's super frustrating. And this is, you know, this is where I beat, you know, beat the game and, and just escaped. Yeah. So this was the end for me. Yeah. That's the end that, yeah, I'd say, 99% of people are going to get. And yeah. leave well enough alone, because the way of getting the real ending is bullshit. Um, yeah. The you know the the regular ending is still pretty good. You know you yeah. are escaping on the chopper like you you know you're running away through this uh, big field of falling blocks, um, and then you take a flying leap of faith off the island, um, hoping that you you know get caught by uh, what is it? Do you get do you get caught by the dragon? I forget. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kazuma is is there, and uh, having not left because you didn't go with him, he uh, shows up at the very end to save the day, and uh, yeah. you fly away to make your new life, you know, or to to spend my days, as Curly yeah. says. <laughs> yeah, I love how that happened in the non-standard ending where you uh, where you go off with him without saving the island. It just says like you live on a, a deserted island in like obscurity for the rest of your life until you die or something like that. Yeah. It's super dark. Oh, on the uh, on the one like where you leave with them earlier. Yeah, it says like did did society fall? I don't know. It doesn't matter because you uh, you, you lived in the islands until you died, <laughs> or yeah. you, you live in the mountains until you die. Yeah, so exactly, it's just you exactly. and this coward thinking about it. Like, dude, you abandoned your sister, dog. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should talk about hell. Yeah, tell tell me about hell. I did not get far into it before I got very mad. <laughs> Have you heard the good news? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, you have to satisfy, uh, you know, as we've said time and again throughout this episode, a very convoluted series of events, uh, to, to, to even get this to happen. So as you're running out, uh, I don't think there's any visual indication that the prefab house is open in the, no. uh, in the, in the, in the good ending. Um, so you just have to try it and then you go inside and the bed is broken. So you can't 
heal. So you'd better hope that you didn't lose any health or use up any of your missiles or use your health pod. Um, in for, that boss, in that, in that boss in the fight. four boss fights. Yep. They just did. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. That, that, that is, that is that's a fuck you right there. Yeah. Um, and you can leave, you have to examine the bookshelf and it says, Hey, if you want to go, I'll give you some more time because you're on a timer. Uh, to you know, to escape the island in a Final Fantasy VI like fashion, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, the, the the way deeper is to go through this door inside, and then that puts you into uh, kind of like a three stage dungeon that is made up entirely like the first half. The first part of it is a quick man esque um, platforming challenge. Uh, you know, using more of that hidden last cave booster knowledge to try and get around spikes in an even more diabolical fashion. Yeah, which is which is where I gave up yeah. because I just didn't have you know I just would die because I had no health left. Yeah, because of the boss fight. Yeah, and if it was all that, it would be okay. You know, just because oh, this is like a like a like more of this interesting challenge that we saw before, so you can just get better at it, right? Mm. Um, you know, with, with with little enough health, it becomes entirely impossible because you're always going to take a little bit of, a little bit of damage. But uh, after you rescue Curly, you know, who has made her way down here and died herself. You strap her to your back with the tow rope, and then all of a sudden you're firing front and back as you're going along. Mm. Um, and rooms two and three are all just kind of like bullet hell challenges. So they're flooded with these little cherub enemies uh, that you are trying to shoot while you're also doing these uh, these platform challenges. What are they within the mythos? Uh, Those little, little blonde guys. I watched it on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 there's no justification other than when you look at the sign, it says, welcome to hell. So okay. religion is a thing, I guess. Yeah, it's that weird, the weird Japanese gamer yeah. religion, you know, thing. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely cannot answer the question of why they're angels, <laughs> except to say that uh, they are very projectile happy. And uh, that is where, like, that, that that is a bridge too far in terms of the difficulty for this area. Um, yeah, I, I cannot imagine a version of me that had a patience to do, you know, that had the patience to do this, but it happens. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's insane. Yeah. Um, eventually, there's a there's like a mini boss that is a, a gigantic version of one of the thwomps, like the press enemy kind of things mm-hmm. that you uh, that you just do enough damage to that he will plunge into the depths, letting you get to um, the tomb of this Balor character. I think what is that Balor? I have it written down. Yeah, Balos, uh, who is um, the witch's brother, I think, something like that. Yeah. The one from before. Um, I'm drawing blanks on everybody's name right now. But um, as you're going through this area, you're getting, like, lore bumps, like text, bo- text boxes pop up saying, hey, there was this, you know, witch king long ago. And he's essentially Sauron. Um, yeah. Who was exiled and, you know, sent away into this island. And out of his uh, hatred for humanity, he got so powerful with magic that his magic power outstripped his own willpower and so he created this demon crown um at the behest of his young daughter misery again um in order to you know try and capture the world or you know take everything over right and so he is the person who is the you know has been controlling in a zemus like fashion or a zeromus like fashion um the doctor and a bunch of other people so the reason that the ending that you get regularly isn't the best ending is because this cycle is going to repeat, but you don't get any of that knowledge until you see this and ultimately, you know, destroy the magic power that is taken over Balos because, yeah. you know, he can no longer die as long as that power is there. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I don't think the game needs that. Nope. 
like I like it just fine without the the big cosmic threat. Me too. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I would rather choose to read it as like, okay, we wanted to put in this really hard area. Uh, what else could we do to make it not goofy? Well, let's make it as goofy as possible and also really cliched. Like it could be commentary, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I, I'll give it that. Yeah. But it's a shame that like, that's the, the note that this game ends on because like, I really like this game. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. It's just it's a shame that the ending it just goes so far in that that direction. Yeah, you know, in that kind of masochistic, rom hacky bullshit difficulty way. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of the couple of spikes, like it's not really that much of a deal. Like the, the, there's you know sand zone, the labyrinth, uh, both of those are pretty gnarly. But it's not till you get to the, to the last cave and even the regular version of the last cave um, that it starts to get just just really bad. Like it, it is totally just the last leg that gets bullshit. Yeah, especially that boss rush at the end just is very frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, though, like, mm-hmm. I mean, because we, we, it sucks that we ended on a down note on a game I generally think is really great. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like, I, I recommend this game. Like, it is a very good game. It's, you know, very worth playing. Mm-hmm. It just, it just needs those little tweaks, you know? Yeah. And so, so. And I think, I think one of the big reasons why, you know, I feel worse about the fact that those tweaks haven't been made is because this game has been remade, you know, to death. Right? Yeah. And, you know, more people have gotten their eyes on it since then. Like, as the product of a singular person, that's a little bit more excusable. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, hey, this is the game I wanted to make, or I didn't really take that into account when I was planning for it, and it just ended up like this. Sorry, I still like it. It's beatable, but go ahead. But, like, the fact that it has been brought around, you know, like, that kind of usability thing. And it, it really does feel like a usability problem, something that just in general throughout the, you know, the course of history has been rolled out of games. To see it not be rolled out of this one to make it, you know, from, you know, good to, like, great. Is a little yeah. is a little bit of a problem, and I know that's a subjective thing, but again, it feels like it's antiquated in a way that gets in the way of enjoying it. Agreed. Yeah. Like it, it's it's all subjective. Like there are people who probably just think this is perfect and it would be garbage if they reduce the difficulty. But like even games that like it never felt like difficulty was the point of this game. No. You know, in a way that something like Volgar the Viking, you know, we're like, oh, okay, this is a really tough old school platformer and it follows those rules and that never felt like what this was like it's got this weird kind of identity shift mm-hmm. in it that i think is what we're picking up on yeah you know and it's also not the thing the game is best at like there are games that do that kind of super difficult platforming stuff better right you know like it's not like doing this stuff it doesn't really play to its strengths mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but you know it's great as well yeah. And you know, top-notch soundtrack, amazing visuals, you know, mm-hmm. very, very fun and unique movement yeah. and power-up mechanics. Yeah, it's so. it's bizarre to see it be iterated on so much and have it be good regardless. Having not played the uh, the the 3D version of it, but just seen mm-hmm. you know stills and videos, it still looks good. Um, yeah, and that it, and all these different fidelities going from eight bit to sixteen bit to modern day, it all holds up. You've mentioned that the that the soundtrack stays good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the 3D version is supposed to be good. The only real criticisms criticisms it received were people who are mad that it cost forty bucks. Yeah, which like fuck you. Yeah, you know, like they, like just because this used to be free doesn't mean anything. Like yeah. this guy deserves to make money off of his this amazing work of art for real. Like, like yeah. and, and and that's why I didn't mind paying money for this when it came out on Steam because like that's a huge success story. Totally. Yeah, you know? I bought I bought it twice. Like I bought mm-hmm. it on my 3ds and on Steam. Mm-hmm. You know, so like just uh, kick this guy some bucks because he's great. Yeah, and just yeah. you know, 
it it sucks that a person has to toil in obscurity and give his thing away for free up until the point he makes money. But yeah, <laughs> wait a for minute. eight years. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, yeah, eight, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anywho. Anyway. Um, yeah. So real quick. Uh, so yeah. The, um, by way of admin stuff, um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a shuffle up, which I will take the fall for. <laughs> I will be the, the fall guy on this. Um, we're going to switch our next two games. And the reason being, um, the reason why we're recording this week early was because I'm traveling. I'm, I'm going back home. And uh, it occurred to me that I can play Metal Gear on a plane and in a hotel room in a way I can't play Suikoden. So we are switching those two games. Yep. So hopefully that doesn't ruin anything for anybody or no one's upset but instead of doing Suikoden 2 next we're doing Metal Gear uh, Ghost Babble for the Game Boy Color and then doing Suikoden 2 yeah if you're looking for Metal Gear Ghost Babble it was not released under that name here in America we're using that because calling it Metal Gear Solid is confusing yeah <laughs> we already did that one yeah we're, well, we're revisiting it there's plenty yeah. to talk about there <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah. if the show went on for like years and years and years I wonder if like, that would be a thing if we like, like we literally forget we did something and just <laughs> like, go back and do it again. Oh, like you see happening on uh, stuff you should know. Yeah, yeah. Where they're just like, have we done this before? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It might be kind of interesting to like, uh, I don't know, for the for the five year anniversary or something like that. Like, take a vote on um, on the games. Like, just like say like, okay, five games, five years, five games. Like, maybe revisit them. Don't play them all in general, but just like. I don't know. Like, that's a long time to go between playing these things and then later on get, like, a second opinion or see how they still hold up. Yeah. Like, it's like WAF waf Revisited. It's a good good live stream. That's a good thing for the live stream, I think. Yeah. Like, usually when I think of these kind of special one-off episodes, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like a good thing to throw into there. So if anybody's got a a live stream question burning a hole in their pocket, that might be a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid GBC version. Mm -hmm. And then we get into. Yep. And then after that, I'm pretty excited about this. I know, I know you're yeah. excited, uh, Gary, too. We're doing mm-hmm. um, a split EP on NES platformers. Mm-hmm. And kind of taking two different philosophies of those. So we're doing uh, an episode on Contra and Little Nemo the Dream Master. Yeah. So Konami and Capcom. Mm-hmm. And taking a look at how both those companies do platformers for the NES. Yep. And both games are very near and dear to my heart. For sure. And that episode is going to have on the whole better music than even this one probably <laughs> maybe maybe not better but both uh, those games have excellent excellent soundtracks we need to figure out who's editing what because i, I don't want to take that away from you yeah well we'll, we'll figure it out <laughs> the uh, it, it, i mean if you if you have to i won't i won't i'll trust your decisions mm-hmm. in, in using that music but uh all i think every track in both those games is is great um uh, that one is your edit so you're good <laughs> cool <laughs> um yeah Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, and that's all we're announcing now, but we have cool stuff planned, mm-hmm. including um, shortly after that, another poll. Yeah. Um, through the, the Patreon. So, yeah. And I'll just go ahead and say what genre it is. I'm not going to say what they are. We're mm-hmm. doing a, an, another adventure game, a fall adventure game. Yeah. And uh, we're going to put out some options so people who back us on Patreon will be able to vote for which adventure game they'd like to see us do. I'm looking at the list right now, and uh, any any single one of them. Yeah, I would. I would love to do all of them. Like, and eventually, maybe we will in that like five year span, <laughs> you know. But uh, that's going to be a cool thing coming up, and other cool things are coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, thank you everybody for playing along. Uh, something really bizarre about this, as I've been playing Cave Story, uh, like I get the Steam notifications: so and so is playing Cave Story, so and so is playing Cave Story. I noticed that too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think so many people have it because of the humble bundle. 
Um, yeah. Then you know, just like that it came out on. It came out on a couple of them. That's kind of cool to see people playing it along. I don't know if I can take credit for that or if we can take credit for it, but it feels appropriate because most of my Steam friends are from the show. So. Yeah. It could be one of those things like hear about uh, Cave Story, play Cave Story. Yeah, yeah. Like people always say that about Deus Ex and uh, Bloodlines. Mm, yeah. Know, like, oh, you know, you just read the word Deus Ex. Like 10 people just reinstalled Deus Ex. Like, <laughs> so it's like me with Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Exactly. Like whenever you see it, you have to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, uh, if people want to get in touch with us about those games, how can they do it? Well, we have a handy little contact form. Is at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Select watch out for fireballs from the drop down menu. And that goes right to, right to the uh, email account. Mm-hmm. Or you can leave us a voicemail. We haven't gotten a voicemail in a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is uh, 1-800-843-WAF. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned the Patreon. That's at uh, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. That's a great place to uh, get access to that stuff we mentioned and support uh, these shows if you like them. Um, you can go on iTunes and rate and review mm-hmm. the show. That's uh, that's super, super helpful. Helps us with their algorithms. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can listen to our other shows and read our other content on TV. Um, the uh, I just started my Infinity. By the time this comes out, the uh, second um, Infinity Engineers blog will be out. Yeah. Um, the one with actual content. And uh, yeah, so if you want to, and I'm also considering adding a game to that. If anyone has any experience with Betrayal at Corondor, yeah, think about adding that to the thing because that seems like it's up my alley. So, can I issue a correction from before? It is eight three four WAF. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So this has been uh, this has been fun. I really enjoyed playing this again. And um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So until uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Fireballs. Yeah, fireballs. Why not? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Just because that is a weapon in the game. Yeah, that's that's, that's appropriate. to factor in traveling in that in that way that you know in a good way mm-hmm. in a good way in a, you know in a, in a good way you know, one forgot of good to ones. do good did not do good wanted good 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 hard good hard though so that's all. <laughs> okay so it's like if uh star wars that's the old republic had fallout's dumb option <laughs> wanted to good good hard good hard be safe um, <laughs> Darth me. Darth. Darth. <laughs> <laughs>